While we'll be consuming alcohol throughout the show, should you choose to join in, we ask that you only do so where it's legal, safe, and in moderation. We also welcome your feedback and suggestions on our Instagram at Movies Rock Podcast. And should we say anything rude, non-inclusive, or otherwise wrong, we apologize in advance. We are affirming of all, so with that being said, offense or ill will is never our intent. Now let's get back to the show. How was Thor Love and Thunder? I know you want to go see that. Don't ever. <laughs> dude, this is just a sign, man. I, I think I'm dropping Marvel, dude. I, I didn't even know it was out. What are you talking about, dude? It's like the number one movie in the, in the world right now. I don't know where didn't, you've been. Didn't, well, I mean, my son's birthday party. Most yes, so exactly. Is it just this weekend? No, Do I no have it's that been excuse? out for two weeks. No, it's been out for two weeks. Oh, then I don't oh, even have that excuse. I'm going to be real. I didn't know it was out either. Yeah, it's been, I, it's, been out for, it's been out since July 8th. But dude, it happens when you have kids, bro. Believe me. And I mean, this one I'm I I haven't been too impressed to watch, so I'm gonna wait. And supposedly it's gonna be on Disney Plus sooner. Okay. But, but dude, yeah, I'm, so. I'm on to bigger and better things. Do you know that the Buzz Lightyear movie is out? I saw it. It's amazing. <laughs> I haven't seen it either. <laughs> it's really good. You need to watch it. It's really good, dude. It's really good. Like I watched it. And then, like, you know, I was like, let me see what all the fuss is about with this stupid, you know, with them thinking about talking about this, like, same-sex kiss and everything like that. And I was like, and it was, like, the dumbest thing ever. It was good because it was, like, the first time, which is amazing. But they made such a stink about it. And it was literally a pact between two girl, two, uh, two wives, a wife and, a, and her wife. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it, was, it was great to see it on screen so kids can see all aspects of what love is. Yeah, but yeah, like real, them, real representation of how life can be. Exactly, yes. like real life. <laughs> but who really see. wants that, guys? You know, who wants that? Oh, Is I that know. Fun? I know who wants it. You know who wants it? It's a, it's the Nazis and the Nazis <laughs> and and the, the the MAGA GOP and you know. You know, you're, you're, you're Derek's buddy, Marjorie Taylor Greene. That, what that the fuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, I, okay. I thought that was, I thought everything you were just listening there were uh, uh, Derek's ideologies. That yes, yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Because you know, he, he, he goes to parties with Ted Cruz, you know, in Cancun, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me just make this very clear. <laughs> There are lots of dipshits out there, and he is one of them. <laughs> you know who? You know what? Did you hear what? Who was it that said the, the other day? Someone said the other day. I forgot what comedian, and that Tem, Ted Cruz looks like a, a a drunk, fucked up werewolf. What he does? Why? He does though. He really does. Like I'm he not has a lie. beard now. What? He's, he's just, got he beard and long weird. hair. He looks just like a weirdo. Oh, does he, he have like, long hair? God, no. Yeah, he has longer hair now. He looks like he looks like the like a like a like a trashy version of like the of the the, the grandfather from the monsters. Like he just yeah. looks horrible. Yeah, that's like really good too. Like, why did you pull that reference <laughs> of all characters that no one on listen? If no. you know what the monsters no, are, oh my god, of course you. If you like, he looks. If you've seen Ted Cruz now, like that was like the best description 
of it's what he true. looks like. Right? I thought and about that the other day. I'm like, he looks like the grandpa from the monsters. Like, it's just a bad he looks scene, like dude. he's been he looks like he just got out of COVID quarantine. That's what he <laughs> like. He just got out of it yesterday. He That's looks it. like he just got out of it and his boyfriend forgot to cut his hair. I mean, yeah. it's one of those situations. Yeah. Oh, you know? dude. Jeez. <laughs> it just, the guy's an idiot. Is there a reason we're gathered here today? <laughs> Sorry. Welcome, everybody, to Movies on the Rocks. We are the Movie Boys. And we are here to talk about the motion picture, The Inglorious Bastards, one of Quentin Tarantino's classic motion pictures. I mean, it's like every one of his movies. I mean, I think even, even Death Proof for me is a classic one, dude. It's uh, really, I love Death Proof. Uh, you're pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, 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 not the Grindhouse one, although the Grindhouse one is good, but like the original, the regular one. Have you seen the full cut? I love it. I don't know. I love man. all aspects of Grindhouse, dude. Grindhouse is the best. No. Anyways. But uh, but either way, every single one of his movies is a classic. That's my hot take for the day. Everybody, good night. See you later. That is a hot take. That's a very shortest episode ever. Yeah, that's one of the hottest takes I've heard in a a minute. And uh, anyways, flawless. He's he's had his bullshit before. No, he does. Death proof happens to be one of them. But (laughs) but anyways, but yeah. So we're going to talk about Inglorious Bastards today. Uh, But uh, Derek, what are you drinking tonight, brother? Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I found it. If you want, I can skip you. I can skip you, dude. All right, Eric, what are you drinking, man? I'm just kidding. This is Jack Daniels (laughs) Black Jack Cola. Oh, gosh. You drink like the the girliest drinks of all time. Dude, this is like drinks I would drink like before I go to a football game. Like yeah, this is like what I would drink when I was 14 and was trying (laughs) to steal drinks at family parties. Yeah, that's He likes it. <laughs> oh, you don't like it? No, that's bad. Oh, wow. Surprise. Okay. Yeah, right, you ready for number two? Like What's number two? This. Don't worry. Because <laughs> it's probably in the this. same fucking vein. <laughs> Jack Daniels yep, Watermelon yep. Punch. Oh, okay. So, Watermelon Punch. Good. Tell us what you think, buddy. He's like, oh, that's bad. No, that one looks like it's good. It looks like it's good. Oh. <laughs> it tastes like. It's it's not good. It tastes a lot like My someone chode? made a Jolly Rancher drink, like Jolly Rancher juice with dyke vodka. That's what this is. I mean, that sounds good. No, Jolly Rancher watermelon is amazing. <laughs> no, no, it is. Um, he's like it's this. Thing, those this, are both like, bad, and those are the only two drinks I brought. Like, I will this find something like in a moment. like as if I poured ju- watermelon juice in a bowl and dipped my balls in. Derek, it. did you grow up with Kool Aid, bro? Of course. Okay, and you don't like that? I figured if you because okay, most people, if you oh. if you mm, we might not be friends here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> If you at all think that Jolly Ranchers taste as good as Kool-Aid flavors. I didn't say that. Did I say no, that? No. No one said okay. that. So do okay. not come no. at me like that, bro. <laughs> okay. okay. I still love you and I respect you. Okay. So Jolly Ranchers are a nice candy. They do not make a good beverage. Kool-Aid is the fruit juice beverage. It is it. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
So, yeah, so, so if I had real Kool Aid and vodka, it'd have been fine. But this well, is. This is I've never had Kool Aid with with alcohol, so I don't know. If I'd like that. Yeah, I never have. It's amazing. You know why? Because Kool Aid has so much sugar in it uh-huh. and chemicals oh, yeah. that you don't taste a damn thing. Kool Aid is so good. Mm-hmm. I know it's so. It's good. like it's like the drink that keeps on giving, dude. It's I like know. A gift. It's awesome. It's like, like it's the ultimate mixer. We used to like so at the University of Miami. We used to have an office in my in the club that I was a part of called Federation of Cuban Students. And we used to take Kool-Aid gallons when they used to sell Kool-Aid gallons at the supermarket. We used to take Kool-Aid gallons at the at the at the supermarket, leave the supermarket, dump half of the Kool-Aid and out fill it, yeah. and fill it, and then go back to school and drink in our office. And we wouldn't taste a damn thing, and people would walk out of that shit faced. They would yeah. be drunk. Walking around campus. I'm going to so, have to get some Kool-Aid and try this out. And you just reminded me of something. I want to tell you. So do you know what the kids are doing these days, buddy? What the kids oh, are doing? What are the kiddies it doing? Better if I swear, if you bring up Tide Pods or bleach. No, or no, no, no. Shit I that mean, they're that's eating dumb now. too. But no. Yeah, no. So they do something called a Borg. B-O-R-G. And do you what know what that? that stands for? That stands for Blackout Rage Gallon. And what, <laughs> Oh and what God. they do is they do what you just did, but they take like a they take a gallon of water, they they dump most of it out. There's just a little water at the bottom. They fill it with whatever clear liquor they want. Oh my and God! Then they, and then they put then they put crystal light in it. So it oh my God. and they call it blackout rage gallons. And they name their gallon. They'll walk around with it and they'll name it. Like I was at a at a party recently that with young kids at a at a, a in. They were naming it not like my son's birthday. No, not, <laughs> your not son's that birthday. young kid. <laughs> <laughs> not that young. Not that young. <laughs> but they'd name it like one of them named their Borg uh, Millie Borgie Brown. <laughs> like they named it <laughs> and they just sit in there drinking it, and they're getting blackout freaking drunk. It's crazy. And I was thinking to myself, like, how? How I couldn't. I couldn't now. I don't even know if I could then. I'm too way too old for that now. But Did I don't you- even know if I could do it then. No, here's, I mean, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you find, and, and it changes, I would say year to year, person to person, there are those beverages that you can, you come across, maybe it's store-bought, maybe it's homemade, um, or, or just mixed drinks that you, you know, you found a recipe for it. Uh, they, <laughs> there's those beverages that you just pound them back and you don't taste the alcohol and you could just chug it like it's water. Cause it's a good beverage. You and mean like screwball? <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one right? and it just just shit you are accidentally about to shit the bed you don't yeah. know it and then you're yep. just down a downhill path it is that all was me downhill. on the podcast with screwball <laughs> screwball did that to me I, that's the drunkest i'd been since i was 21 I it's think. the dangerous stuff it's the yeah. danger yeah, no, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm at the age anymore where i would take a you know pint of vodka and put kool-aid mix in it and call it a drink no that's not me anymore but (laughs) i'm sure there's something it's just not these two drinks while you guys go through years i'm gonna go find something better okay (laughs) please god do that yeah (laughs) all right eric what are you drinking bro i went classic man um i went with and he just walked away too and i'm playing homage to uh derek Derek and betsy's family because i was able to join. I got to to see his son this weekend. That's he came awesome. to Houston. We had a party. I'm drinking a Corona today because it was a nice Latino Mexican party with piñatas and amazing food, and I had a great time. So I was like in remembrance to of Adrian's wonderful first birthday party. I'm drinking <laughs> 
<laughs> is that all you're drinking tonight? You may have to get something else when you do the refill. I'm probably going to have to get something else on the break. <laughs> not physically yeah. enough, but I like it. I love Corona. Don't get oh, no, Corona's always good. Yeah. Did you put a little salt and lime in it or not? I didn't. I didn't have any limes because I would have done it because I always stick a lime in there, but I didn't have any limes. You're I wasn't prepared. Oh, so, I'm so disappointed in you. I wasn't man. prepared, bro. Oh, my I just God. wasn't prepared. Oh, my God. Oh, my I know. God. I know. I Anyways, wish I had. Right, that's good. I wish, dude. So what you got? I. I um I might be a disaster today. Okay. And so I decided I'm just gonna say I'm having bourbon and Sprite. Oh. <laughs> but I like Sprite and bourbon. I do like Sprite and oh. bourbon. The oh. problem is is that I didn't have enough bullet and I topped it off with a Maker's Mark. Oh so there's literally two types of bourbon in here. Yeah. Oh I don't even Sprite. like bourbon. So I'm gonna go ahead and uh did you try it yet? You haven't tried no, it yet. I haven't tried it. I wanted to do it on the show I mean... with you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm being trepidatious. But hold on. Oh, Derek's here. There he's back. Derek's back. Get on, Derek. Get on. Get Derek, on. you just missed that I, I paid homage to you before he goes. I paid a full homage to your, your son's birthday party. And the reason why I'm drinking Corona is because of that birthday party that I went to. <laughs> in in respect and love to that to the amazing Latino run party with pinatas and all. Oh, nice! Did you're you... not you're you're muted. I mean, I mean, it was it, it was all right. It was a one year old birthday party. Dude, there was just yeah, a lot of up. snacks. There was so many snacks there, dude. I had the best macaroni salad I've ever had in my life. Did I told my the... wife when we left that was the best macaroni salad I've ever had. Did you guys, what did you guys cook at the party, dude? This is the best part. Okay, so did you guys make like chilaquiles? That, that and macaroni like that? salad is notorious in the family. It is my mother-in-law's recipe. We have it for every occasion I can possibly ask of it. Yeah, we didn't cook anything. It was all just snacks. We had sandwiches good. made from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks at home, y'all, y'all want to just get the leftovers? I guess I don't know. Um, we got sandwiches. <laughs> I just love that we, thought, yes. we had all of like Rice Krispie treats. We had like marshmallows and covered in did chocolate. Get, Look like did you get hammered? Did you get hammered? No. I actually. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I had any alcohol on. I don't think I did. I don't think I drank at all. I had a bunch oh. of water. It was hot. Well, it, was, it was warm. But it, we were inside, so it wasn't that bad. But outside yeah. it was a little hot. Texas so hot. What, what was I was rough. telling Eric was that today I'm having I'm just gonna say it's bourbon and sprite. Mm-hmm. The fact that I, I like bourbon and sprite. I'm a fan of bourbon and sprite. But the problem is that today um I didn't have enough bullet bourbon. So I decided to top off the bourbon aspect of it with Maker's Mark. Which I don't so know. I guess, it's not a great. So I guess. I guess. I'm, I guess. Move. I guess I'm gonna. I guess I'm drinking um, Bullet Mark. Yeah, and yeah. right. That's uh... my mouth. It's not, it's not watering. It's dry because I'm absolutely terrible. Yeah, I, that's, dude. By by, like four or five sips down, you're not even gonna taste anything. Oh, I anymore. know. So I gonna... know. I know. <laughs> Man, but the first four or brave. five are probably going to be pretty rough. Do it. Why not? One sip won't hurt. He said to the cyanide. Not bad, oh, huh? Not bad. Not, not great good. Not that's great. not great. Yeah, that's <laughs> not face, great though either, man. Face. Your face, yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's edible. Oh, yeah. man. It's edible. <laughs> this is going to be a good show. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So now that we've done our drinks, let's go ahead and take it to the desk. Here we go, the guy! 
Oh Jesus. In the year of our Lord. No. 2022. Anadomini. Why do why do we allow know. this? Alright, so who wants to go first? I can go first because I you know actually you know, I'm gonna go first because You, you want know, me to bring my news? I got news. And you can't get shit. Dude. Yeah, it's <laughs> true, I don't. It's <laughs> very true. I mean, I mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so we're gonna talk about it because it is the big news in pop culture right now, and that was this past weekend was San Diego Comic Con. You have to talk uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. I <laughs> care enough. They had a couple cool things. The new Wakanda trailer. Trailer. Well, trailer. well here, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about it. All right. So they had they released the trailer for Shazam: Fury of the Gods, which was a good. The first one was pretty good. And Shazam one. Okay, guys, can I point that out? I would like to say I really enjoyed Shazam, but I like <laughs> movies that have kids as the protagonist. So that's why I enjoyed it. Okay, yeah. well, yes, Shazam was good, and the second part, the second, did you see the trailer for the second part? I did not, no. I didn't even know it, there was a second it, part coming out. Yeah, they, they announced the second part because Black Adam was announced to who him and Shazam are like enemies kind of thing, but not in this movie. They're not together yet. But, uh, so they had Black Adam also on the DC side, and that's, that's really all they really did. They didn't really do too much on that. Um, the, but the Marvel one was the big one, and it's still not even enough. The Marvel one they they showed in in the, at, at the Hall H they showed the trailer for um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so they showed the trailer there, but you can't see it yet. They released it. They showed the trailer for Wakanda Forever. So let's talk about that one, dude. We could talk so, about that. Yes, let's talk about that one because I know you want to talk about it. So it's, <laughs> they showed the trailer for Wakanda Forever, and they released that trailer. Amazing, like I can't wait. Because one, I want to see how they figure that part out. The whole thing with Chadwick, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Not being around anymore. So they got to do something with that. Yep. And it hit us I with know, the tragedy to start. I know in the comic books, for a short period of time, his sister was Black Panther for a while. So, And sure. I think in the, in the trailer, you see it's kind of a more feminine shape that's mm-hmm. having it, but I could be wrong. I could yep. be male. I don't know. But that's how it is in the comic books. But this one I thought was cool too was because it's not just about what's happening in Wakanda. They're also bringing in a, a girl named, uh, what's the, I guess her name is Riri Fontaine or whatever. She's supposed to like take over for Iron Man kind of thing. Like she's going to be taking that part up. She's Ironheart in the comics. So she's like the Iron Man in the comics now too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, um, and there's a whole bunch of people. But the cool part Namor. Was, was Namor. Yeah. So Namor shows up in the movie in the trailer, and you're like, "Holy shit!" And he's got this whole like Polynesian. Eric, like, do you know Namor is? Vibe. Is he the big guy that like fought Chadwick in? No. The movie? So Namor no. is the Submariner. It's there. It, it's Marvel's answer to Aquaman. Actually, oh, yeah, I don't you're know. wrong. Aquaman <laughs> yeah, is actually is. DC's answer to Marvel because Namor's been around since World War II. Whatever, doesn't matter. So wait, Namor, Namor is, is the he's the king of of Atlantis and yeah. Well, wait, and this, they changed the this name. This is in Black Panther. Yes, yes. And he's is. a DC Cause... character. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Okay. It's, okay. It, they're both Marvel characters, but Atlantis and Wakanda have a rivalry. Yes. Okay. So, like, okay. Wakanda and, and Atlantis don't like each other, but they don't call it Atlantis now. They have a different name completely now. It's a different name, totally. They changed it for the movie. Yeah. 
But but yeah, so you have this guy named Namor who they live in the sea, like they're underwater, and they actually sh- shot all their scenes underwater, like all the scenes that you see them in, they shot underwater. I mean, they learned how to hold their breaths for minutes at a time. Like the girl who's supposed to be like Namor's le- love interest, like she learned to hold her breast for over six minutes. Wow. So That's like commitment for a yeah. fucking Marvel movie. This is so stupid. <laughs> it's for the art, bro. It's for the that, art, baby. Yeah, that art That's of green right there. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So so the trailer looks amazing. I don't know. What what do you think of the trailer, dude? Are you gonna watch it? I know you're gonna watch it, bro. Man, I yeah. okay. I think in my eyes, and and I, I hope you guys are at least somewhere near agreement. Black Panther the first was good enough to warrant a blind watch of two. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, if as long as they don't release one of those stupidly long trailers that give me the whole story and it is just dog shit, I will still go see it. No, I think the trailer is pretty vague. Well, at least yeah. for someone who it was, it was, shit. and yeah. they did, they haven't done this, but every once in a while there'll, there'll be, you know, a movie where they, they're just like put it all out on the table, the whole movie basically yeah. in the trailer, I and mean, you're like, I'm not gonna go see that anymore. I think, yeah. I think, I think Coogler's uh, got enough cachet where he he's not gonna let Faggy do that kind of shit to him. Yeah. Right? Also, too, Coogler is an auteur filmmaker. Yeah. And he is given he was given a large mass of money to make Black Panther, and it was wildly successful. So they're giving him a large mass of money to make <laughs> this one. And based on what I saw in the trailer. It looks like a beautiful film. So yeah. I will, I'm going to go see it. Um, I had texted you guys about this and, and I hate <laughs> to admit it because I hate Marvel movies so much, but I did like Black Panther and he was an interesting character. That's a lot different than the rest of them. But, yeah. um, you know, but as far as this trailer, there was something about it that, uh, I don't know, man. Made me really excited. <laughs> and, and, Derek uh, opening up Derek a white claw. Derek opens up a white claw, and that's why I'm laughing. And I, don't, I don't like this either. Oh, uh, my God. Bro. Just drink it, bro. Just yeah. drink that one. I've got like five drinks. Don't worry. I'm okay. 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 But um, yeah, this it, was, uh, it, it gave me goosebumps, and I hate to admit that, but I also had to keep in mind that you know, it's it, we're coming off of a, a big deal with losing Chadwick, and also mm-hmm. to... You have a, a, a great filmmaker in Coogler getting out there and doing doing good stuff with the money that he's given. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm excited to see it. And the music was awesome. The, the what they did with that with that sound, Kendrick with Lamar, the, Kendrick Lamar, and the uh, and uh, no, it was and something no, else. Bob Marley, Bob Marley, yeah. No that's woman will cry. It was a, yeah, it's yeah. a girl singing. Yeah, it's a different girl singing it. Yes. But yeah, the uh, no yeah. woman will that's cry. That's what it was in the there mix in the mashup. Had, with, oh, uh, I'm thinking Kendrick. of the new Shazam solo yeah. trailer that had <laughs> Eminem. In no, that had Eminem song. So, yeah, that had Eminem um, on it. Yeah, it was just really well done. So I'm I'm excited to see it. I don't know if it's gonna you know I don't know how good it's gonna be, but I'm gonna go watch it. And I'm sure I don't think it's. I'm not gonna say I don't know how good. I'm sure it's gonna be a good movie, but I just don't know how good. Oh, okay. No, I, I get that. And I think I think we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see, dude. I think with everything that's going on, I will tell you this, and this is me being giving my honest opinion. I am concerned with oversaturation in regards to the Marvel product. We need to talk about that. Yes, day. I'm glad you all day. that. I, I do think that there is some oversaturation. I think there are some properties that did hit well 
and some that didn't. I, I'll be more than happy to be honest. Like Moon Knight, I think hit well. I think Oscar Isaac is phenomenal in that fucking show, and I think he did great. Uh, I will tell you, I saw I finished watching Miss Marvel as well with my daughter, and it was really good. Like it was very enjoyable. It was you guys, listen. You guys don't say most Marvel things are bad. Like I don't think I've heard. No, you no, 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 no. This how, is a bad Marvel piece. Okay, so like, what was before? What was before Miss Marvel? I mean, well, like, are you counting? Are you counting? I know it's not Marvel, but still under DC or uh, Disney. Do, do you uh, do you subscribe to the because the, they're kind of alternating right now between Marvel and Star Wars property stuff? I mean. No, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I, I never said it was amazing, but I do say that like the stuff that I'm that's get that's coming out from Marvel right now, some of it is okay. Where it was, it's just it's just there's too much. There's too much coming out, and I have a weird feeling that they're gonna get. It's getting it's watered weird. down. It's getting watered down because I know they're trying to keep the 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 every the narrative, you know, connected. The continuity between them all. But it's just it's getting to be a little too too much too many my nephew was here this weekend and he was he's a huge marvel guy he likes comic books he's into that he's you know he's a nerd and he said to me he he was reading an article about all the upcoming marvel media that's about to be released and he said i cannot believe how much stuff they're putting out and he said it's he goes it's it's at the point where this is too much and it's not it's not good anymore so yeah so that's that, yeah. that goes to my next point mm-hmm. let me show you that the, the, they released the schedule for phase four five and six yeah that's right? probably what he was looking at yeah yeah so okay so phase four which is what we're in now okay ends we're at with, the end of it yeah we're at the end of it the last two things that are coming out is she hulk attorney at law Okay, with oh Tatiana Maslany. That sounds like a Rick and Morty interdimensional. Well, it's supposed to be a comedy. We'll see what goes on. It's supposed yeah. to be a thirty-minute comedy, but we'll see. Then it ends. Then Phase Four ends with Wakanda Forever, and that's it. Phase Four is over. Then they move on to Phase Five. Phase Five starts off February of twenty twenty-three with Ant Man: Quantum Mania. Then spring of twenty twenty-three is the next TV show which is Secret Invasion, which is going to have everybody and their fucking mother on the show. Like Samuel L. Jackson's on the show. Colby Smulders is on the show. Don Cheadle's on the show. I think I think like uh, Brie Larson's on the show. I mean, it's going to be a, 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 a huge cast of characters is going to be on that show. Uh, then May, Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Echo, which was a character that was in Hawkeye. I guess Death yeah. Girl. Yeah. And then in that show is going to have Charlie Cox from Daredevil. He's going to come back on that show. Yeah. See, this is okay. Uh, then it's Loki season two in the summer, and then July twenty eighth is when the Marvels movie comes out with the next Captain Marvel movie with Miss Marvel, the girl who played Miss Marvels in it, and then the Blade movie comes out in November. Who's playing Blade? Uh, yeah, your boy. Oh, what's his name, dude? Oh my um, god! I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot. The guy he was in the Green Book. Um, uh, oh, Mahershala Ali. There you go. Yeah, yeah there he's Blade. Oh, he's Blade. Okay. So you, you, like, he's like, boy. oh, he that might, he might boy. go see it. He yeah. might go see it. So he plays a, Blade. He plays Blade. Then in the then the TV show is Iron Heart in the Fall, which is that girl. The then, Blade. Blade is the movie, right? It's yeah, a movie. Blade is the movie. Yeah. Then, okay. There's promise um, there. We've got yes. precedents. That was all good. And then, and the show, the next show after Blade, of course, I said is Ironheart. Then the next show after Ironheart is Agatha, Coven of Chaos, which is Agatha Harkness yeah, from WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. 
Then the next show after that is the new Daredevil show in nope. spring of 2024. And then Captain America New World Order comes out in May of 2024. Then the Thunderbolts movie comes out in July of 2024 with, uh, the, with the White Widow and all that shit. And so far, they only have three movies for Phase 6, which is the Fantastic Four movie in November of 2024. And then, as of right now, they only have two movies, which they only expect to have two movies in 2025, which is the two Avengers movies, which is the Kang Dynasty and the Secret Wars movie. And that's it. I thought the Avengers movies were over. I thought they were done. No, they're going to be... The new Avengers is going to be like... The Avengers are going to be... The Avengers movies are going to end each saga like this is going to be the they already released this is going to be called the multiverse saga right but you don't you for example the this avenger movie will highly unlikely include the hulk or iron man or hawkeye or black okay. widow so it's, 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 it's going to be new, new, new characters right yeah, yeah you'll here's, have here's the thing here's my captain problem. marvel's probably going to be the leader with captain america and all that shit the new captain america comic books have had free reign for decades to create as many characters as they could fathom. They've mm-hmm. come up with new characters with new backgrounds to represent every, a lot of the spectrum of humanity out there. Okay. And I'm sure that there are gaps, but there is a wide, wide plethora of characters that Marvel and DC respectively have built. That comic book industry thrives in such a way that these comic books are cheap they do short runs and if it's a really good character they might do like new runs with new stories new new uh universe tellings like batman and, and superman we've had 10 different kinds of batman or green lantern or all these characters right the same thing for marvel characters and and all of that works because it's on print and people can buy it and then it it, it only requires so much money to keep operational but when we talk about spending hundreds of millions of dollars for tv shows and movies you cannot have that level of saturation with characters. There's not enough time for the market to adapt. There's not enough time for people to get attached to the characters for, for you to actually care about, about these characters. And you're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on TV shows that come out like eight in a year and have us try to keep up with it. No, you're going to have to size it down and it's going to have to get to the point where it works more like Netflix, where you've got a low budget and low overhead and you just pump it out quickly and it, it might be mediocre and that's okay. And here's, and here's what I'm thinking is probably gonna it's probably where we're at. So I hope, and this is me, I'm hoping. Okay, everyone and everybody here can understand that. I and I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but in my opinion, Kevin Feige is probably a genius for what he's been able to do with Marvel for like the last 15 years. I mean, it's it's pretty apparent him from, handling from what that perspective from a business in, perspective, in, in, from being a producer in general, like having the the four four the the, the 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 wherewithal to be able to handle everything from Iron Man until now. I mean, yeah. being able to business wise, yes, a yes. million percent. Artistic, I'm not talking about story. I'm not talking about artistically hard. I mean, yeah. as I mean, yeah, I'm not talking about artistic. I'm saying he's just, obviously a business genius because it's it's yes. working. You know, it's, and, it, and, it and I also would I would it's also successful. wager that he's passionate about the yes. the character because he's gotten a lot of it right, almost all of it right. Right, there's yeah. only been a handful of major so, character upsets. Here's here's what I'm thinking is probably what's going to happen because this is usually what happens with comic books. This is, and I think he's doing this on purpose. Maybe I'm thinking too much of it, but I'm thinking this is maybe what he's doing on purpose. Comic books get this way; they get oversaturated with product, and they always end up to have a large event to cut the fat. <laughs> 
That's usually what happens. They put out all this product to see how everything rolls. And then it gets to the point where you're like, this is way too much. So I think what he's doing, he's putting out all this product to see, okay, how mu- is this is this going to go? How well? much can he pump out? How much can I pump keep out? Keep it sustaining and, and, and printing sustaining. money at this point. Exactly. So I think he's getting to that point where like, okay, let me see if I can do this. They bring these characters in, see how far I can go, and then he's going to get to the point because the way it works out is that in the comic books, Secret Wars was like that. Secret Wars was basically Marvel's way of hit a, literally hitting a reset button. They got rid of a ton of characters because they killed each other. Okay, like it was like Captain America Civil War on acid. Because they basically went to another planet and fought against each other in battles. Okay, in the battle arena. Led by Kang the Conqueror. This is the whole point of the the series. Yeah, yeah. So you had superheroes fighting against each other and they had to kill each other to to, to survive the next day. So I don't know that's how this is going to work out. I'm just saying that's how it worked out in the comic book, that this was basically a reset on the entire universe to get rid of, to trim the fat, get rid of people that aren't needed anymore, and kind of set up another thing, just like always. It sets up the next saga. But that's the only thing I can say, like, because they're going to do Secret Wars. That's what they're supposed to do. If they don't, I will be seriously disappointed, which I won't be surprised if I'm disappointed either because they want to make money and it's a business. But I will have to tell you that if... Five superheroes don't die in Secret Wars. I'll be seriously disappointed because they have to, based on the storylines. What, so. what you just said, like, and not what you said. What you said was very clear to me, and I understood it. But I was so frustrated about what you, everything you just said, and I'm going <laughs> to tell you why. He's just living. He's one, just mad all the time. Yeah, no, I'm like, I really sat here. I was, I was like, God, that's so fucking stupid and like the reason why i'm mad is that one you're correct is in and i agree with what you're saying but the problem is is that this is why cinema right now oh it's is pure shit is the reason is is what hey, you look, just said. okay but but a24 is Hold on, on let him talk no, no, let him no, talk yeah, let him talk no, no, let him no, talk you right you right you right but hey, i ain't hey, talking hey, i ain't talking about a24 okay I'm no, talking no, about no 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 cinema as a whole yeah all aces. A whole. they're all aces <laughs> yeah most yeah I, they pretty much are but anyway um the fact of the matter is is you said something that was like oh god that's that's horrifying as a as someone who's a cinephile and a filmmaker is that you said they're they're just putting shit out there to trim the fat. They're just throwing shit out there. Just gonna see what sticks against the wall. To suffocate You're whatever che- else is out that, there. Yeah, you are cheapening the art form. And yes, I am looking at it as like a is like a bougie art and, student. Yes, but and I'm yet, sorry. don't get me wrong, I'm still gonna watch the shit. Yeah, yeah and no but, no, that's fine. Right. You should. But like the fact of the matter is is that they are willing to just mill out these films that are terrible that a lot of people i'm sorry a lot of people do not think are good they're making money off of children for the most part okay in 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 teenagers because i don't know a ton of people that are our age that like movies like we do period but then superhero movies on top of that like you guys do okay i don't know a lot of people and with that being said it means that you are now saying with our studio, our Disney money or whatever studio you are, your Sony, we're going to, we're going to spend millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of dollars 
to put out shit that we hope sticks to the wall, but we're going to pass on these, on these brilliant, on some of these new brilliant filmmakers that have new ideas, but they don't, they're not, they're scared to do them. So we're going to yeah, pass. It's not, a sure, it's not a surefire bet. Yeah. And you, but, no. you're, but you're, you're still, you're still throwing the dice. Yeah. You're throwing the dice with, with something that, that you think, Hey, it, it could have worked in the past and you're passing. Literally we are, we are, we are on a train that is just passing by our best filmmakers right now because mm-hmm. all we care about is fucking Marvel movies. Dude, I'm mad about it. I'm like actually literally like it really made <laughs> me mad. Like and it's not and I'm not mad at you of course, Tomas. Every that was beautifully and eloquently said and it just really made me realize that. You know? Sorry. That was I just I'm done with my rant. I apologize. No, you're, <laughs> you, okay. you make no. it, you're you're right. No. You're and, absolutely I mean, right. And I'm not saying that that is the case, but I'm just letting you know on the comic books, that's what happened. That's why they did Secret Wars. That's why DC did Crisis of Infinite Earths. That's why D. That's why Marvel even did Civil War in the comic books. Is that they always do an event to trim the fat, and this is usually the case. Okay, you ready right. for this? This yeah. is the part that I think is gonna is gonna hurt. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Um, who who do you agree with? <laughs> with Eric, with Eric, right? Um, uh, with say, with this much, say it again slower though. Say you don't agree with, with this... me either, bro. You don't agree with <laughs> me either. Eric, say slower. what you just said again. Just slow it down, okay? Eric, slow yeah. it down for me, baby. Yes, <laughs> you're right, dude. I agree with you. That's, what, that's you don't agree with me either. You. you don't agree with me either. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, do. <laughs> I think it's a valid point. You too. <laughs> I, um, thank, but here's but here's the thing. Here's thank the thing. you. It's funny. Sir. We're all in agreement right now, which is great. Know, right? all, but here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. And, oh, and, shit. And, and and this is gonna this is gonna hurt. I think. Um, we can throw uh, the millions of dollars that are made off of let's just say young demographics to to say the least. Um, we can throw all that money and just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and what skates by is probably barely profitable because it's going on to a streaming platform. So worst case scenario, we break even, right? And that's, and that's, that is bad in comparison, right? If we're talking about tripling our, our investment on some other properties, right? Um, and, I, and I think the reason that we're able to saturate and have so much content and it, it's not just Marvel. Marvel has a ton of content, but Netflix is pumping shit out. Hulu is pumping shit out. Every major production company out there is just balls of the wall, printing it as fast as they can get it out there because there's all this online streaming content available, all these platforms that allow us to distribute this stuff and make money on it a lot easier than having to sell hard copies in Best Buy or Walmart, right? Cheaper. So yeah. that, that, is, that is the way that the industry has changed dramatically, realistically, in the last 10, 15 years or so. How long has Netflix been big, right? 10, 15 years, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so uh, I would argue independent films don't have an avenue to viable streaming platforms. They don't survive the same way. Okay. They didn't have the, this is old it's, money versus new money. Yes, that is yes. what this is. You're this right. is old yeah. money. Yeah. That I had enough whenever nothing was around to build my own streaming is, platform and then continue is, business versus start with nothing, build an indie film that is balls the wall. Incredible. This is, this is all about, you know, for the lack of a better phrase, this is all about fuck you money. That's what it's all about, dude. Sure. Well, it's about fuck you money. Well, you're cheapening that. Uh, and, and again, this is just me uh, bouncing with you guys. I totally agree with what both of you are saying, especially the fuck you money part, because that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
But the problem is Here's that, a nickel as a tip kind of thing. Yes. The Here's prob- a quarter. Go to the city, have a rat and a thing off your face. The the problem with that to me is you're losing mm-hmm. out on opportunities to have groundbreaking films that could yeah. change cinema because you're only worried about how many Loki seasons I can come up with mm-hmm. that still make money. And that that's and that's no, it. And that's yeah, it. That exactly. still make money. Not that yes. people enjoy, not that nurtures yeah. the fandom, and, not and, that Yeah, and I get that 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 movies in cinema is a business. I understand that. But there's also a massive art aspect to it that still makes a lot of money. If you look at some of like the art the 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 art filmmakers that are around, they are doing well. It's not like they're not doing amazing, but uh, but it's not Ooh. like they're poor. They're not. But we're we're missing it, and we're going to get passed up. I think what's going to happen at some point is that America has always been like tip top for 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 movies. We've been we've been on the top, okay, for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been doing it right. I think we are not doing it right anymore, and I think other countries are going to start passing us because I am more interested in foreign films than I am American films mm-hmm. right now. They are yep. going can agree to pass you. us up because they. They are they're not all about making nurturing. Marvel movies. They're nurturing. Yeah, they you know what? Because Europe, especially Europe, Europe has perpetually been about art. Perpetually. Yes. Always, always. And they let and they're they're making art. And if you think about this too, think about our our filmmakers that are around that are even making films that are uh, American films. And think about how many Latino filmmakers that we have, sp- specifically Mexican, that are unbelievable. They're amazing yeah. filmmakers yeah. that are me- mm-hmm. amazing Mexican filmmakers mm-hmm. on dimes. Yes. What we are going to, we're going to drop, we're dropping the ball in America. We're dropping the ball with, with, with okay, okay, we're dropping okay, okay. So, 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 you know, you said, you mentioned like, this is an art form and, and, and it's not, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to dry up what you said by trimming it too much. But I, you, you mentioned that we're talking about art, right? Um, my first thought: Well, what other art industries are having the same issue? And my first thought is music and people who write their own songs versus don't. People who lip sync versus don't. People who are mm-hmm. genuinely uh, talented, far and above the rest, versus marketed well. Or have a good personality. There, there are tons of artists that, you know, their music is catchy, but you can pay for that part, right? They have a great personality. They're likable. And and that's fine, too. That in itself is is more, uh, I would say, in the celebrity vein than, than musician. But if that's your career or whatever. But it's facing the same thing. We have this consolidation of record labels that have the money that are willing to back certain people who are willing to, you know, take you know, a quarter of a, of a percentage of what a, a artist doing it independently would make and they'll market them to the wall and we've seen it. And that's not, that is more global. I would think, I mean, if you think about any artists from the UK, they often face the same issues. You talk about artists. I mean, all of the K-pop industry is built that way, right? They just hire nobodies and turn them into a K-pop group yeah. and their personalities are marketed out the ass and, and they don't necessarily need to be able to sing far and above, you know, it's, it's gone are the days that we have artists that are just renowned in their own 
brilliance. It, it's more so, hey, I put together this album and don't don't pay attention to all the people that helped me do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. I, I guess, but I think with music... No, no, I, I see what you're saying. I don't guess. I hear you. But I think with music, the difference is, is that there's an outlet for people that are starving artists or artists that are amazing that would get passed up in... Like in live? In, um, oh, yeah, first of all, live shows... And also, too, anybody can put their music on Apple Music and Spotify now. It's not yeah, like you have true. to be backed by a, a massive company. So the fact of the matter is... You like, still lose I, 30%, but it's yeah, true. Yeah, you you're going to lose your, your, that, your piece. That's going to happen yeah, anyway. Exactly. You're going to lose it anyway. But the thing you about probably it... probably lose more if you, go to, if you go to a large if you go, corporation. Yeah, if you go through like a... You yeah, if you're, if you're signed to, to a label. But the, thing, the fact of the matter is that I can still have access to that. And I can still do it myself. And and put music out on on Apple Music or Spotify, where filmmakers need way more money to make a movie. Like I I can't just go out. I can go out and make a movie if someone wants to drop me a couple hundred thousand dollars. But I I, I don't just have a liquid hundred, couple hundred thousand dollars to go make a movie. Right. And that's a really really low budget film. Not to I, mention the time that it takes to find the script that you want to do and, and exactly. find the people you exactly. want to work with. Exactly. Exactly. Where if I'm a if I'm a musician, I could record a record for a couple thousand dollars and put it on Apple Music. Dude, After gone, hours outside of my normal job. Yeah. Gone gone are the days uh you can make a movie like a Mariachi with with uh with ten thousand dollars and like right. two, three people handling everything. Doesn't exist anymore. Do, yeah, doesn't exist anymore, gone. dude. That's 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 well, Hold on. I should. Okay. I sh- we should caveat that with some of the incredible work that people are able to do with commodity technology now, like those kids. What was it? There was a, those kids in somewhere in Africa, they edited and shot and did their own CG. It's like five kids with like old oh, ass yeah. computers and they, they yeah, put yeah, together yeah. a decent film on pennies and, and, I mean, realistically, they probably, I mean, after they got there, they got widely recognized and acknowledged and people started supplying them with new gear. All of that new gear was 20 grand. So the original budget had to have been less because they did it with less, right? It's possible, but you don't get the distribution. I've never even seen this. Is this a full length bill? Uh, no, no, I think they did. I'll send it to you. I think they uploaded some, I watched the video. It was really, um, how do I say, I'll send you the link. These guys are, they basically do their own acting, writing, filming, and, um, and and, uh, CG on like 10 year old computers. So with that being said, do you think that these films are ones that could be mass distributed and bought by a major studio? That's the problem is they can't get in. That's the gate. Yeah. And, and do you know why they can't my, get in though? Well, that was my next thought is yeah. I wonder if someone like a 24 should partner with someone yes. like Hulu, not Hulu. Let's not do Hulu. Let's skip Hulu. Let's say Hoopla. Yeah. Well, well, even smaller. Yeah. I well, I mean, I mean, they're, 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 they're partnering right now with HBO. They, got they are. They just partnered. And, and, yeah. uh, Plex, Plex has got all their content now yep. too, yeah. Yeah. and so. and you know maybe that's maybe that's the alternative I'm thinking about, right? Like something that's just more democratized and available and, and free to the public and so forth. I, I will be honest with you, what HBO Max is doing right now with like new filmmakers and new content is mm. pretty fucking wild, dude. Nah, 
I don't, I don't know, it. but they got they got this they got that new they got this new series coming out, bro. That's from like A twenty four too, with mm. uh fucking uh with what's his name uh the weekend. Yeah, that shit looks wild, dude. I don't know, dude. I yeah, know. I mean, kind of kind of freaks me out a little bit. A twenty four is is the only studio right now that is is like untouchable to me because they're putting out good content. But even with that being said, they're still not letting any willy-nilly person make a film no, most of sure. these people have some sort of clout in the they have to ha- be backed in some sort of way where they it's have some like, sort of, something to show you know it, it, it sucks to say it sucks to say but it's like it's almost like it's you know who they're being god i it's i'm like what i'm about to say is i feel so dirty because of who was a part of it but like miramax in the 90s they would throw everything out there they'd find it at a at a film festival just grab it pay the distribution on it and just throw it out there granted the fucking weinsteins and their fucking horrible individuals but But they only did that up to a certain point they only did that up to some point when they had clout you know and that's when they start when they went i think they did it more when they started yeah that's what i mean but then once they got big enough to handle their own shit they stopped and i get that i just think that it would i and I agree with you. I think there needs to be a way for more and more filmmakers to get their shit out there and get the necessary financing to be able to put their vision out for the world to see. Because I think it's worth it. The, yeah, and I think that I agree with you 100%. But I, I and that's the problem, I, I guess, is vetting out like major studios vetting out or taking risks. They They do the vetting. And they don't do the risks. They'll, they'll vet out. They'll Can have I, people. They'll take meetings and then probably say, "Oh, not good enough for us." But then I don't know who shows up. Let's just just for 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 shits and giggles, Oscar Isaac shows up, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna let you be Moon Man or whatever the hell the name of that show is that he was in." You know, like Moon Knight. Yeah, whatever, man. You know, can I, I love can Oscar I, Isaac. I'm saying that as a fan. You know, can I just not to totally shift the blame, but. Can I just say that uh, there are very talented writers and directors, uh, many of which have worked with A24, that we've watched their movies here on our podcast, Mm -hmm. that I would argue perhaps need to adjust their perspective in some ways to pay more import to advertising and marketing. I think that there is a chance that folks that came out of indie that are still brilliant at writers and directors are still living by indie budgets without the indie budget and should probably market better because the film is good enough. It it easily holds a candle or surpasses all these Marvel and Disney movies we're talking about, right? So the movie's good enough. People just don't hear about it. People don't know about it. I would argue that but, that's at least a big part of why those films don't get the homage that they are due. It's because they're not not known. I mean, everything everywhere all at once was out of theaters in like, what, like three weeks, four weeks? And yeah. it's coming back. Another great piece of news. No, I'm yeah, all for you it. Cut. Right? Yeah, I'm going to go see it. Different cut. Too. Um, they, added some, they added some footage. Yeah. I hope it's the same thing that I just got on my Blu-ray today, but I'm probably wrong and I'll probably go see it anyway. <laughs> that's that's my only concern is that these these folks 
the Daniels could be a good example, right? Maybe they're still living by the Andy budget when they have a little bit more money than they used to, and they could yeah. have used more of that for marketing to broaden the the but demand that, for their, their film. And I hear you, but again, to me, it's like, if you're the Daniels and you're like, all right, I have, I could use $17 million of my budget for marketing, or I could put $15 million of that into my film and then do 2 million for, for marketing because mm-hmm. these are fucking filmmakers, man. <laughs> you know, they're, they're film yeah. they're people that want to make movies. And I hear what you're saying. Cause you're right. You I want them out of that ret though. I want, I want I them know, out of that ret. Want, I want them recognized. Exactly. And, and so do I, and know what's going to get them recognized dude is if they win awards, that's when they're going to start getting more recognition. They have mm-hmm. to win awards it's only in hindsight. I, I would argue that if your film does shit in theaters, but it wins all the awards, if it doesn't it make any all money the time. all the time, especially with the people that we're talking about, right. right? It's particularly that all of those accolades help you seal the deal in the next film. Yes. Yeah. Not gain the favoring that you're due it publicly like in society, but no one will care that you made everything everywhere all at once because they didn't hear about that. They saw it in an award show and they thought it was probably good. It's probably an artsy film. I'm not going to really watch it. Oh, and you've got another new film coming out. I still don't know who you are. So I probably won't see that either. I think they're perpetuating that. That's like on the awards. What I mean, I don't mean to belittle the awards. They are of value, but <sighs> if the film, well, I mean, I, I want people who do great work to be yeah. rewarded. I want them to be acknowledged. So I don't mean to belittle those, but I don't think those are what gain the snowball effect of your brand that you need, like what Marvel has, where they just throw shit to the wind and people go see it because it says Marvel on it. Yeah, it does. It does, Derek, when you are a nobody and you win an award. It does. Because if, mm. if I think if you look it up, um, even people that win short films, um, Oscars, or even are nominated, they usually go on to start making feature films because they weren't recognized. Yeah. So it does mean something when you're the Daniels and not everyone who's not a cinephile knows who you are, you know. Right. And you make a movie like this that people are like, oh, um, let's say that, let's just say this one Best Picture and they won Best Director. And nobody saw it. And people watch the Oscars. They're yeah. going right. to go watch this movie. And they're going to go f- see who they're the watching Oscars now. Yeah. And, Next and, couple and, of years, they'll be watching that one. And yep. this is, that's, that's ended here. And in essence, of, because now we can talk about this shit all night. I know, I know. And we're already an hour <laughs> in. I know. We're already an hour, almost an hour in. But what I'm saying is that, like, in regards to what you're saying, the the aspect of all that stuff. The problem is also is that you have these, you have the indie filmmakers that get recognized, they get these awards, not maybe not Oscars, but let's say they get something at Cannes or they get something at South by Southwest or, and those, and there's people from the major studios at those, they're always there. The issue is that a lot of these indie filmmakers get burnt out also in Hollywood dealing with the Hollywood bullshit because they just can't figure out how they can get their shit done sometimes. And they just yeah. hang around in development hell and they can never get it off the ground. And after a certain amount of time, their contract's up and they're gone. Properties are it. out. Yeah. They're done. They're not a part of it anymore. And now they're going to have to try and figure that shit out again. So it's maneuvering through that 
wasteland and fucking all the politics, death, man. Yeah, of of Hollywood that you have to be smart enough to people like so you could be people like um case in point, so you could be people like uh Guillermo del Toro, who has been able to figure it out to a certain degree, and he's from a different country and he's been able to figure it out. You know? Maybe he started early enough, and also that's also that also could be the case. He started there before. He did a Marvel movie before Marvel was Marvel. You know what I mean? And it was a fucking great Marvel movie, Blade Two. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, it's just it's being able to maneuver in the in every little pond that you become a part of, and just being able to adapt because some people just can't do that. They just yeah. can't adapt yeah. to the environment that they're in. And you see that not just in Hollywood, but you see that at work. Yeah. You know, you see people come in and they get so frustrated when things are done, where they're like, "Look, dude, I told people like at my job all the time, like where we work, just like you said with Marvel, where we work is a freight train going at a hundred miles an hour. It's not going to turn on a dime, but if you can move it an inch to where you need it to be, and get where you're going." eventually it'll turn around to where you need to be. Well, that's why when I win the Mega Millions, I'm opening up a studio <laughs> and I'm going to be a direct it's like investor. It's yeah. like that meme that came out. I'm going to buy every ticket at a fucking Kanye concert. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> For real, man. I'm going to buy... That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a movie studio and I'm going to be a direct competitor to... Marvel and Disney. Actually, I'll never be. It take like a lifetime to get to that. Point. Uh, uh, Derek, what's it? What's your article? What's your news? You got? I, I got one more news after you. Oh, then what's your news? This, right. this one's simple and sweet and to the point. Yeah, make All it right. simple and sweet. We're an hour in. Yeah, here, guys. here we go. Here we go. Rick and Morty season, season six. Ben release. We know a day. September fourth. We get the next season. Yes. This is what it's about. Another great, great show. I'm ready Shama for Lama it. Ding dong, baby. Oh, my and God. I can't what wait. What is it? Wubba lubba dub dub. Wubba lubba dub dub. And that's Tell the me what you got. <laughs> the news goes. <laughs> well, okay. Before we go to our refill portion of the episode, I do want to, I don't want to leave without saying RIP to the great Paul Sorvino. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Passed yeah, away man. this week at the at the at the joyous age of eighty three. Long lived life of eighty three years old. Yep. Um and I mean, if anybody doesn't know who Paul Sorvino is, he played a lot of characters. I mean shit, he was Lips Manly and Dick Tracy. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, but he played uh he played uh was it Polly Cicero in The Goodfellas. He was also uh, he was so the, good uh in that. district attorney in uh in uh in Law and Order, he was the head district attorney in Law and Order, uh the New York State district attorney in Law and Order. He's been in um, all kinds of stuff. He he's was been in all, so much shit, He was in, he was on Star Trek. He did, yeah, uh, dude, he's at everything. Um, he yeah. was, he was, he was a great actor, and he will surely be missed. They showed a video though of uh, uh that TMZ had of them talking to him as he was getting shit out of his trunk. And they were talking to him about the Weinstein thing. Because, of course, you know, his Miro daughter Servino was yeah. blacklisted yep. by Harvey Weinstein. And we know the story. We've talked about it on the show, how she was blacklisted. But it was great when they were talking to him. He's like that. He's like, he's he, I think he says something to the effect. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, 
that fucking guy's luckily wasn't in front of my fucking face. I would have killed his ass. Like it was yeah. amazing. I mean, it was you could hear the absolute anger in his voice. Just taking shit out of his trunk while he's talking haphazardly about Harvey Weinstein. But can you imagine like him having to just hold his tongue this long? Yeah. Like with the bullshit. Like I mean, I'm sure like he's not the only one. There's lots of folks that had good reason to hate the Weinsteins, but I mean Damn. Yeah, yeah. So Good yeah, on so, you, dude. so yeah, R.I.P. to Paul Sorbino. But yeah, that's 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 where we're gonna end it today. A little bit of sad ending, but happy he's lived a long life and we able to we, we we can enjoy his movies in in infinitum. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I watch Godfather I watch the Goodfellas like at least once a year. I watch it just for the simple fact of watching it. It's hilarious. I love every second of that movie. Yeah, so, Goodfellas is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Me. Agreed. Uh, one of these days, we got to watch that movie for the show. So one of these days. we should. But anyways, I mean, um, we could just give it a rating now. It's fantastic. Just <laughs> we, don't, we don't need me to save everyone's time. It's also great. True. <laughs> All right. So now it's time for the refill portion of the episode. We're done with the news. So go ahead, take a piss. Go see Man by the Dog. Go shake a do off of Lily. Do whatever you got to do. We'll see you guys in a bit. Peace. <laughs> We are back from the refill portion of the episode. Uh, Just so you guys know, in the middle of the refill portion, I actually had a conversation with my daughter. And I mm-hmm. realized that I don't understand fashion for teenagers at all. <laughs> I don't think I understood it when I was one. <laughs> so supposedly, the new tr- one of the new trends in in fashion are dad say it, say dad oh, jeans. I, I was seriously thinking you were going to say Jinko jeans again because that no, no, well, well, Jinko jeans actually. Have you seen original? How much original Jinkos cost now? That's stupid. They're not worth anything unless you're gonna but use them. Do you to know make how much they're worth? Pants. Do you know how much they're worth? I hope not much. Oh, buddy, I saw one pair, one pair of original Jinkos. Okay, because you can tell they're original by the whatever the fucking line is. However, they do in fucking fashion. I saw an original pair of Jinkos go for well over four figures, dude. That Just is ridiculous. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's quite literally four pairs worth of denim. Okay. <laughs> At least. Like, why was that cool? Like, I remember when I was I, a kid, I, too, like, thinking, like, I had a pair of white legs, cool. but, they were, but cool. they were fucking dickies. I had dickies. They were cheap. It was the next had, evolution from, like, 90s grunge. It was the next step. And I had it a pair. It still wasn't good. Both were bad. No, I wish I didn't have them. I had one pair, and I wish I never had them. I never had Isn't a pair of Jinkos. No way. I, I regret having owned them, but having she, worn that, lived that. I regret she, it. Oh, well, yeah. My daughter has a pair of like acid wash. Like She calls them dad jeans. And basically, the only reason why they're called dad jeans is because they bunch up in the front like as if she has testicles. That's... What the fuck? Wait, is this real? This is not a joke. This is, is no this joke. I'm not kidding. Google it. Dad's okay. and she weird. bought them at Old Navy. They're, they're like no, at Old Navy. It kind of makes sense. You think about like lots of women are wearing the really high rise stuff, and they wear like yes, the, really the mom really jeans. Well, we mom, were... Sure, it's fashionable now. <laughs> Why not? Jeans. 
bring back I, dad jeans. Every Next time. thing you know, those what is it? What are the what are the dad shoes? The New Balances. New Balances are going to be the next hit. That's First it. of all, I rock Crocs. New Balances. I don't rock those. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the dad New Balances. I love my dad New Balances. They're so comfortable. Right, hey, if you want, if you want to get a pair of New Balances, get yourself the ten nineties. Everybody, they're that like a hundred bucks a pair, I'm and totally they're fucking wrong. amazing. Certain, I'm totally wrong. The New Balances are not going to come back. We're already wearing them. No, no, no. <laughs> new Balance has never left. Like, New Balance is actually oh, kind whatever. of a stylish shit. The, no, no, dude, like, new this, they have, like, trendy dope. New Balances. Yeah, they do have trendy yeah. New Balances. They're, they're so, amazing. I love them. Yeah, I, Dude, they're so comfortable. Quickly like, I went to, I went to the I went to the New Balance store, and I was, because I have wear, I ain't gonna lie, I wear New Balance, I wear 517s. That's the one that I wear, because they're so fucking comfortable. And when I bought, I was looking for a pair of 517s about three, four months ago. They told me, oh... Unfortunately, they're discontinued. I'm like, fuck. Did so you went, did you fall on your knees and scream no and raise I your arms did. to the sky? I was like, I was like, no. <laughs> so I bought a pair of five twenties and I hated my life because I w- I went to DC with a pair of New Balance five twenties and my feet hurt like a motherfucker. I had never hurt so bad in sneakers. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then I went to the outlet store. I was like, I got to get a new pair of New Balance. I got to find a new pair. So I was talking to the guy there. And he's like, oh, no, we have them. They just they, they discontinued the previous model. They made new ones. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'll get those. So I went those, fucking living life. And then I go to him, dude, what? what? And it was a kid. Like This guy was like 19, 20 years old. And he goes, oh, I got a pair that are the best. They're the most amazing ones, the, the New Balance 1090s. I'm like, 10, how, what is that? And he's like, he's like, those are probably the most comfortable shoes i've ever experienced i'm like really i looked them up they're like a hundred bucks a pop which is expensive i think for new balances you know yeah because i don't think i've paid more than like 60 bucks for a pair of new balances but yeah like like everyone raves about them on the internet they're like super like very soft like the i will i will say looking at all of this these different styles these are pretty fashionable no, oh, they're, no, no, they're, cool. they're no, no. The especially like their their street shoes, their non running shoes, their non dad shoes. I have had many sorry, pairs. the ten eighties, the ten eighties. Yeah, I've had many pairs of New Balances, and I have a pair right now that I love in very cool colors, good style. New Balance is good, but you're thinking, Derek, you're thinking purely the dad New Balances. That's the white ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the big ones. Yeah, the yeah, old yeah. white ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, dude. But the New Balance 1080s, which like run at like 160 bucks a pop. Those those old dad shoes that they, they haven't changed them in three decades. They only still make them the way they are, I'm sure, because there's some kind of government contract somewhere that they have to fulfill. They just got to keep pumping those shoes out. And all we get, right, all these shoes that we see dads wearing are just the surplus military, whatever. Like they're just, you can get them oh, we can't like send them. We can't send them at, on base. Dude. We gotta ship them out yeah. to Walmart. Bro, bro it's, it's like New Balance knows what's up, dude. Because they they charge like thirty, forty yeah, bucks yeah. for a pair of shoes, dude. Even and they like, sell them. Yeah, they're even they're like fashionable ones are like forty to sixty dollars. But if you get the running shoes, then they start getting it to the hundreds and more. They yeah. start getting real yeah, nice. Yeah, but like, like 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 my daughter bought a pair. And she bought two pairs of New Balances this week for school. She mm-hmm. bought one that's like they're like. A, like a very very light purple. The entire shoe is a pur- light purple, almost pinkish look. Does yeah. the second white. pair look like it has testicles? 
No, the second pan looks like it actually has a giant <laughs> vagina. No, dude, it doesn't. It's like multiple colors. Like it's like as if like literally like a rainbow just just like came all over it. It was just it's just crazy, dude. It's what like that. Nuts. Who is that? Who is that artist that Liz? Liz. Uh, Liz Fair. No, the, the, it was it was an artist that was all like all kinds of like kids' school supplies were always like rainbow vomit. Oh shit! Oh, was Lisa it Liz Frank. something? Lisa, Lisa, Frank. Lisa, 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 Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank. There you go. She had all Man. the stickers and shit. My wife loves it. Yeah. Fucking imagine the mm, the ink the ink spent on those products. <laughs> <laughs> Why they were yeah, so no, pricey? Yeah, dude. All that Lisa Frank bullshit was expensive, bro. I'll tell you that. Even and then when she came back at Target, they had the Lisa Frank apart. collection. But anyways, but yeah, dude. Right, we're we're talking, about talking about a movie. About a movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So yeah, so but uh anyways, back from the refill portion. Did you guys bring anything new to the table? I did. I, I went with that Parker County Peach beer that I drank last nice. time. Very good. I switched over to that. I finished the corona. It was just wasn't enough. We talked for an entire hour. <laughs> you could have always stopped and got another drink, dude. No, I don't do that. I don't turn my back on friends. <laughs> oh Is this fucking Fast and the Furious movie? Jesus the family. Friends for family. 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 <laughs> anyway, anyways, Derek, are you drinking anything new today? Uh, I went through like four other drinks by the end of uh, the last segment. So, and they were all are, are terrible. White claws. Um, God, what was the other one? Truly, I had uh, Corona. Oh my God. They were all awful. So I settled on Screwball, which I have a little glass of. And, and I... if yep, and then if uh, I, I finish that off and I don't want any more, I brought the margarita stuff again. So Jesus Christ! If you drink Derek's Screwball and Margarita, you're gonna be puking all over your house. <laughs> I'll call well, it work. It'll be all right. It's, he's he's selling his house. It doesn't matter, dude. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true. So true. Dude, you're coming to watch the house tomorrow. Do you realize how bad that would be? Like uh, just, all of a sudden, we're gonna have Betsy, to pass, guys. Betsy <laughs> walks. Betsy walks into the office like Derek. You didn't come to. Be- oh, Derek. And he's just laying. <laughs> he's just sitting in his chair with vomit all over his chest. He's oh, like, God. what's he going on? He looks, like, he looks like he looks like Rick on that episode of Rick and Morty when he goes to the Vindicators. Yes. Like, they find him. They find him with shit and puke and piss everywhere. Oh, <laughs> well, by the way, you know that that's going to be a new show, right? The Vindicators have their own show coming out soon too. No. What? Yes, dude. Wow. Okay. Yes, the Vindicators are going to have their own show. They call it the prequel sequel dude, to dude. Rick and Morty. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't think. I think those guys, I forget their names, the guys who are the Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. They're gonna stretch themselves too far. They're already so. doing so many other they're doing the what is it, solar opposites. Solar opposites. They did That's it. Uh, weren't they involved in Farzar as well? The uh, Netflix show? Justin Roiland is. And I think they're involved in the Futurama really, recon- dude, return. If you, think, if you think about it, dude, what they're really doing is they're writers, bro. Writers is different than production all that kind of stuff all they have is ideas and they bring the guys in friends need a break the guys might need a break that's all i'm saying don't you do burn as a writer out. that's true but most writers that's what they do their whole life is they just churn and churn and churn and churn that's what ideas. they do man. they just come up with yeah. shit man that's that's why that's that's what god gave them that yeah that and they like for, live dude. for it too so yeah dude because because yeah. they, they know that they're like I'm well then Morty, don't take a break, you guys. You well, they, why the fuck is it taking this long for season six? Hurry up. Bring season seven back to back. Justin Roland and Dan Harmon are sitting on a phone call right now or in a room and they're like, What's the craziest fucked up thing can we yeah. do? Oh, yeah. I have an idea. 
We'll turn Brick into a pickle and then have him go up someone's ass. That's what we'll do. You know, and it'll be great. You know, they have they have this thing called an idea box, which is hilarious. Like the writers, (laughs) and they literally just write random things on paper on sticky notes and throw it in the box, and then they pull them out and pick like three at a time, and then they make they like make a story, make an episode of that. Which, which I think that an idea box episode. Now that you said that, is the episode where Rick makes a planet where he can take a shit in peace. Like just that was such a good episode. Yeah, and no, then no, he visits it to try and yeah. check out what happened and who shat on his toilet. Yeah. A shy pooper. He's a shy pooper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like and I'm just gonna make a complete planet so I can shit in this peace. This oasis, dude. <laughs> it's like euphoria it's euphoria. Balanced ecosystem yeah. of like harmonious animals just so he can shit. In peace. Because he's a shy pooper. He didn't fix the ecosystem on Earth. He left that shit as it was. That's why I work. <laughs> and you make a whole episode just saying cum gutters. I mean, I mean, that's just True. an idea box type of situation, bro. That's funny. <laughs> well, I just, Anyways. I don't want him to get burnt out. I would much rather have quality over quantity. I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be okay. They know what they're doing. All right. As far as drinks, I am, uh, I actually dumped. The rest of my drink, which was like maybe a third left, I was too like, much. I can't do anymore. Yeah. Can't do anymore. And uh, I We're went. All back having to some my... bad luck today with drinks. Yeah, I went back to my old faithful. I'm doing a Bacardi and Coke Zero. I'm, I'm having a great day with drinks. You guys speak for yourselves, okay? Fuck you. Moving on. Well, I had to kill. I I didn't have enough, so I had to do something. Mm. I felt like I was in college. All right, drinking, let's talk about the movie. Come on. <laughs> All right, so, so let's go ahead and discuss the motion picture. It's my pick. <laughs> my pick. It's uh, the uh, glorious Quentin, Tino, Karen, ugh, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> masterpiece. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> masterpiece, Inglorious Bastards. Came out in 2009. Once again, like I said, it's directed and written by Quentin Tarantino, and it stars uh, just a few people, no, nobody too famous, oh, you know, dude. like Brad Pitt, Diane Kruger, Eli Roth, uh, Melanie Laurent, Christoph Waltz, Michael Fassbender, Daniel Bruhl, Till Schweiger. I mean, it's got BJ Novak. I mean, Mike Myers is in it. Yeah, that's a big cast. Hold on. Yeah. Okay, so did you guys notice a name in the credits? By the name of a person by the name of Rod Taylor. No, no. Okay, so when you guys were kids, it was always on TNT. Did you ever watch that old 50s version of the book The Time Machine by H.G. Wells? No. No? What the fuck is wrong with you guys? It's a fucking classic of sci fi cinema. Anyways, so the main character of that movie, played by Rod Taylor, which who was the main guy in Alfred Hitchcock's Birds, also. He was the main character, okay. main guy. He played Winston Churchill in that one small oh, yeah. scene. He's in it for like thirty seconds. Yeah. Yes, yes. So yeah. he's in that small scene. Um, but then, of course, there is uh, what else? So he was in that scene, and then the guy who played Hitler was fucking great, dude. But then that Mike guy was Myers, so good, right? Yes, yeah. So then, of course, great. you had Mike Myers in mad makeup as like General Ed Fennec. You know what I mean, like the British general. So. I mean, it was just, I mean, the movie was always, was great. For it's worth saying it. It's worth saying it a second time. Christoph Waltz. Guys. Yes. Guys. guys. Well, he, won the, he won the Academy Award. Guys. He won the Academy guys. Award. 
He won the bingo. Eric's in a good mood again. He's got a heart. Yeah. Ooh, I am happy. Dude, when you say that man's name, like joy fills my soul. Okay. He's Dude, amazing. Can we, can we get it out of the way? Can we just start there? Let's talk about him. Yeah, let's. Well, okay. I mean, he, first off, he won the first. Academy Award. You he won the Academy Award for this, though. Okay, so the synopsis is, it's pretty simple. In Nazi-occupied France during World War II, a plan to assassinate Nazi leaders by a group of Jewish U.S. soldiers coincides with a theater owner's vengeful plans for the same. I don't know about you, but that's probably the best synopsis we've ever had on the show. That is probably the best one I've ever heard. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because to be honest with you, there's it's not hard to understand this movie at all. Well, and that's unique for a Tarantino film. Right? Is that unique? No, I don't, I don't know. agree with that. I don't agree, I don't agree with, with that. that. His yeah. movies There's are always pretty... enough going on that keeps it busy. No. Like you can't tell the story back. No. Okay, no. Hey, Derek, I'll, I'll give you this, Derek. You you are right about this film's pacing is wildly slow, but you're still like enamored with everything the that's whole happening. Time. You're so in it, but it's yes. so very every scene breathes. Okay, like oh, it's like, really it's long in here. It's yeah, yeah. one of his talkies. Yeah. But it's it's you're just so in it. Um, whereas, like you have films like um, uh, like uh, let's say Pulp Fiction, you know, where it, there's a lot going on, Derek, like yes. you said. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't. It, it still breathes, but it doesn't. It doesn't breathe like this one does. So yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Or, 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 or like like okay, like another one, um, like Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight is that one. Is, that one breathes. It breathes. That, that one, one breathes, breathes a lot, and it's very. It's not. You don't really follow it until the end. You know what I mean? You follow what's going on, but you don't really know what's happening until the end, and then all of a sudden, it just jumps at you. What you got to say, Derek? You're, you're you're rolling your eyes, and it's pissing me off. So say it. Yeah. You <laughs> the smug, whole reason. The whole reason that you are so entrenched in every scene of this entire movie is how it opens. It is the opening scene with the farmer in his home. Okay. That whole sequence Let's... sets the tone for the rest of it. It is the reason that you are so drawn. It is that deep and nasty hook that grabs you, and it will he, not he's... let you go until the end of the movie. I hate saying this. But Say it slowly. Right. Derek's right. He is. He is right. He is right. He's, he's, he's right. right. Okay. About this before movie. we go to that, before we go to that, let me, let me just give some 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 information here. So, in regards to the motion picture itself, uh, budget was about uh, you know a modest seventy million dollars in 09. Not bad, actually. Uh, its opening weekend, it made thirty eight million. U.S. It made one twenty, little over one twenty, one twenty and a half million dollars. Gross, it made three twenty one and almost a half million dollars. Three twenty one and a half. Oh, good! So, that's a huge return. Yeah, it's a that's huge why this man didn't make movies. So yes, that's why he keeps and they good turn it out, and they're he all good. good. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I go lie, dude. It, I mean, he does his thing, man, and he can make weird shit like this and uh, like fucking Django and Jane and fucking Grindhouse, all that kind of shit. You know, the one movie I never really sat down to watch was Jackie Brown. I I, I watched it, but I haven't seen it since the first People time hate it. I think it's so good. I love I Jackie Brown. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theaters. Oh, I love it, dude. And people don't like it. it. I think I it's great. It. Yeah. I need to rewatch it. So I, it. I mean, I need to rewatch that one. So, but anyways, but like, so let's 
don't know if you guys want to start dissecting this shit like scene by scene or what do you, how do you want to work this dude? I think we should start with, with the opening scene because I like so Derek too. said, and I want Derek to start us if that's okay yes, with you, Tomas, because he, I am he, all about it. He nailed it with saying that. And he convinced me because for a second I was like, no, he's not right. And then when he, when I really thought about that opening sequence, when he was talking, yes. I was like, the reason that no, you this were locked right. in. Yeah, like, I mean, right. Quentin Tarantino that's has made, of- has made opening scene hooks. But that has to be, in my opinion, his this best. Is the best this is okay, the best one. This is the best. Here's the thing, though. You can't, I can't confidently say that this is definitively the best opening hook of all of his movies. The thing is, I definitely can say that this is the hook that best fits this film and thus makes it a perfect, harmonious, like teeing up of setting the mood of what's about to happen. What you're but about what about Django's hook, dude? Jenko's hook is good. It's still not as good as this one. I think it this one is the best one. But this one is the best one in my opinion as well. Like I've seen all of his movies, and I know De- Eric's. I know Eric's seen all of his. I don't know if Derek's seen all of his movies. I haven't. I haven't. So I've seen all of his movies, and they're all good. The opening yep. scenes are always good. Like Pulp Fiction's opening scene is a classic. Like, like the opening scene from Reservoir Dogs in the diner is fucking great. Right. You know, and the opening scene from Django Chained is unbelievable. It's a great opening scene. All his the, opening I don't remember the opening scene from Django Unchained. It's when Christoph Waltz pulls up in his little dental thing uh, up against <laughs> the, the slave-like traders, and the, Django's in the line, and he's looking for someone who knows someone at that plantation, and he offers to buy Django. You don't remember this? I don't remember the opening. Wow, bro, what? I need, I'll rewatch it. I don't I, remember. You know it. what? You know what? I'm gonna stop the show right now. Derek, go watch it. We'll start up again tomorrow. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Whatever. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, it's okay. So it's a really good opening scene. I ain't gonna lie. But as far as the overall aspect of this motion picture, what it means, what it was doing, what it was trying to portray. This was like, I don't know, it, it's a little hot takey, but this is the best opening scene in, of all his movies. Opening. I don't think and that's a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. I think that's a pretty, it's a, I think, I, I, I would be shocked if you think of all those cinephiles out there, or people just dislike Quentin Tarantino, and you think about all of his opening sequences, which we, like we said, they're all good. Okay, he he knows how to hook you. He's a great writer. Kill Bill okay? one is great too. Oh my god, dude, he's so good. Okay, he he hooks you. But the reason why, and this is this is might be a hot take, but the reason <laughs> why Inglorious Bastards and Django's opening sequences are so good is because of my boy Christoph Waltz. That's the yes! reason yes! why they're so good. Okay, he's so like enamoring, he's, and it's not just that he's he's a great actor, and he's a great actor outside of Quentin Tarantino films. Yes, but I feel like he should be in every single Quentin Tarantino <laughs> film, which apparently only has one more left. But I feel like that they are such a magical cosmic duo. Like I, I dude, Christoph Waltz in this film and is so good. And I'm cutting Derek off. So talk about the opening sequence. We'll get to. <laughs> it well let's see there are the the way that this was written it is very clear that and i i was reading an article that tarantino almost dropped the idea of making this film because he couldn't he wouldn't it basically wouldn't settle for less than perfect and he didn't know who would play 
um, Colonel, what's it, Lens? Hans Landa. Hans Landa. Hans Landa, yeah. He, he couldn't find someone to play that character. And obviously, if it wasn't going to be perfect, he wasn't going to do it at all. And he met Christoph Waltz and immediately like changed his mind that he'd found the person he needed for that role. Mm-hmm. It the first thing I thought of whenever I saw this movie, this entry scene, um, actually, I immediately, before he even started talking, I had strong reasons to hate this character. He just had an air of arrogance and smugness about him. Oh, yeah. Right? We, we know all about, me and Tomas know all about that, Derek. Yeah, so, we totally so, get it. <laughs> I totally get it. So I wrote in my notes that like uh, he comes to you with candy, but in reality, he's giving you fear. That's oh, yeah. what I put. Well, and and he he portrays this character so well because he is he is meant every every moment that he is on the screen he is instilling fear in the people present. Um, you he know, from the moment and he feeds off of it. Oh yeah, yeah. From the moment that he asks, uh, he asks the daughters, "No, I don't want wine. You'll get me milk." You're here to help. You're here to serve me. You're here to do what I say. It's basically, yeah. basically what he's communicating. You offer mm-hmm. me something. I changed it because I get to do that. Um, and now you have to leave your own home because I want to talk privately. And, you know, the 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 French farmer goes to get his pipe to, to settle his, you know, calm his mind or whatever, you know, his nerves. Christoph Waltz pulls out the most comedic mind. It is yeah. so funny when he pulls that thing like, out. It's like hilarious, but it's was, such a it's such he's a just shitting on him, and he hasn't it's said such a, a, my cock is bigger than yours. It's yes, like, that's yes, what it day, all that's exactly day. what it is. I and was like, I saw, man, I saw him pull out, and it was like, whoa, that shit's fucking huge. What the this, fuck? This farmer is damn near pissing himself, and he's not been threatened. He's not been uh, looked at or gestured to in a, in a violent manner. He is about to shit himself though the whole time and you're right there with him just the the viewer right um it sets the tone that there is going to be people will be murdered this guy is ruthless and he is damn good at what he's been tasked at doing yes and like i mean they just they, they shoot up that whole family and he for whatever reason he lets the girl what is it shoshana am i gonna say shoshana 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 yeah he it, lets her live for whatever reason, and that, you don't think it's going anywhere until you see the front of that movie theater yep. later on in the movie. Yep. And speaking of that moment too, where he lets her go, like that au revoir, Shoshana, he screams to her. Yeah. He's so evil. It is like yes. it is so murky and disgusting that all yes. I could do is want to. I couldn't wait till the next moment that I saw him on screen. That's what? how enamored i was with how shitty this man is okay yeah, what, that- did, what do people like this guy this okay imagine this character is in a real world right i mean i, I can i can see it now with the maga but go ahead <laughs> okay <laughs> on a spectrum slightly different okay. maybe um the the <laughs> what did this guy do before the war Oh, he what I would detective. love to know. He said it. He yeah, said he said it. he was a detective, but he did he just detective. go around murdering people all the fucking time? 
No, 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 no. He said that he was a detective and his job, he was very good at finding people. That's what his job was as a detective. He was but that's what very I mean. good. He was also very violent here. So was he just a bounty hunter that killed everyone or was he a detective and that's what he well, actually I think, was? I, I think with him, he's, I mean, I mean, we could tell he's a fucking sociopath. But with him, I think what he was, he's good at finding people and he doesn't care what happens to that person because that person is just a job they're they're an assignment right he 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 he's able to disconnect from the his humanity with these people because during the whole conversation with monsieur lapadit or whatever his name was yeah monsieur yeah, lapadit yeah. or whatever his, yeah. whatever it is the farmer i mean he's equating jewish people in the whole conversation as rats yeah so he already sees them as not being human from the jump. Yeah. So he doesn't care. He doesn't care what happens to him. You well, know, I mean, then, you know, the, the way that he, uh, the way that he commands a room, just it instills fear. It instills fear in every every gesture he makes, every every motion that he's taking. Um, you know, he he tells the girl that she needs to be the one running the projector because someone who is not of the Aryan race is less than and, and mm-hmm. uh, incapable, you know, never mind that it's the guy's everyday job. He's clearly in better practice of it at the least. Yeah. Right? And man, just dude, so the shoe and the glass of milk at dinner. Uh, dude, the, you something we got to like really recognize about this film is and especially the opening sequence, since we're kind of still here. Yeah. Uh, you you saw a, a clinic in that scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You saw an, an acting, acting directing. A directing clinic, a writing clinic. That you saw all yes. three of those things in yes. the first. The camera what, angles it? were so intentional. What oh, my it? gosh. Oh, yeah. It, what is it? 15 minutes long? So Basically. that first opening sequence which is wildly slow for, for an yeah. opening sequence. And you don't even realize that much time has passed because you're just like staring at the screen. So in, you're so enamored, you're so right dry. Now. You're hypnotized. Yeah. And you're seeing magic there because you have a wonderful director mm-hmm. with a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you have a wonderful supporting actor in that scene that nobody knows who the fuck that guy is, but he killed it. Like whoever whoever uh, played the guy that he was at the farm, you know, Denis Menochet. That's his dude, name. Denis Menochet. So he good. was great. His he was silence great. was um, amazing. That the fear was, that you it was saw all intentional. Eyes. Yeah. So I was reading um, that that Tarantino told Christoph Waltz to hold back to only give. Um, like eighty percent or whatever, or sixty percent during all of his rehearsals, so that he would actually catch the other actors off guard on the first take, so that he could get raw, real emotion. The only person who got to see his his full out acting capabilities from the beginning was the was the farmer that uh, Denis Menoche that. that got to see that and that's why when you watch this on screen you can watch that man is i mean he might have soiled himself and i wouldn't be faulting him for it i'm gonna be honest with you i was watching the movie i haven't seen the movie in like i would say like five six years 
I have it. I have it on digital. So I haven't seen it like in five or six years. And there's a, there's a part in the conversation when he's talking to him and you can see it clicks. And you can see Christoph Waltz's face change. It switches. It's like a light it's, switch. It's like a light switch, right dude. Now, it was like a light switch. You know how like you always have these NBA players talking about that switch where they can go from the regular season to the postseason and just coast to the playoffs and then with the Lakers and all that kind of shit with Kobe and, and Shaq. You, it was like you could see it with him. And then all of a sudden you saw Christoph Waltz's face, which was normal. Then all of a sudden when he became the monster that is the Jew hunter, you noticed his eyes had this like red tinge around his eyes. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, ab- I'm getting goosebumps now. It was absolutely terrifying it was a clinic the the fear (laughs) was fucking palpable and denis menoche totally fed off of the energy and you could see he was genuinely scared Mm -hmm. like he was like where the fuck is this going (laughs) like where's this guy going like he knows he knows where it's going he's read the script but that only takes you halfway like where is he going on artistic Mm -hmm. way as far as where the scene is going to go, how is he going to? Dude, play I'd be scene? lost. I, I would, I would fall into the character I would that shit myself. Which is and, what and, directors and want. So we'd be very yeah. happy. We'd yeah, be yeah, very yes. happy. Yeah, you know? yeah, this dude. Brilliance and and it was. Um, I, I love how directors do that kind of thing, where they just kind of like freak out the other person on purpose well, like it's manipulation filming. again it's a manipulation. I know, it's great it's manipulation yeah. we talked about it yeah, yep. they manipulate the actors the way mm-hmm. they want to yep and, and we were talking about like 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 i know i've mentioned it before but like in it when the kids were all together in one of the scenes and it was the first time they saw pennywise and some of the kids were, had an actual fear of clowns and they pissed themselves when they saw pennywise for the first time in the last version of it chapter one that mm. just came out so yeah. it's just like this with christoph where he's just he flipped that switch, became the evil Jew hunter, Hans Landa, and Denis Menochet fed off of that, and you could feel it in the movie, dude. You it's, could it's, feel it. It's like, and it's also, I've seen this film, I don't know, 20 times, because I've watched it a bunch. And every time, and, dude. Dude, it's so enamoring. Like, it's it's just getting caught up in what's happening in, in these sequences. And if you notice the film too, guys, the whole movie is just conversation. To conversation, conversation. Yes. to conversation. So great. Very little action. Conversation. Yeah. But you were still like, <gasps> like stuck just in, sucked in that, the that whole next, thing. I think it's the next scene. It might not be the next scene where they're in that ravine, the Inglorious Bastards. It's the next, so, so, okay, so we, we got the scene. Hold on. But before we do that, before we go there, let's finish off that scene. Mm. Okay, so we have the scene where you have Hans Landa with, the, with, the, with Monsieur Lapadit. In his farmhouse. And basically they're talking in English because underneath the floorboards of the house, spoiler alert, you're in the movie, movie's t- over 13 years old, you should have watched yeah, it. You should have watched this film if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yes, Please. exactly. So in the movie, in the movie, in the floorboards, he's hiding his Jewish farm friends, like his neighbors. neighbors. The neighbors, yeah. The neighbors, you know, and it's the, it's the Dreyfus family. And or yeah, the Shoshana Jerfus, that's the that's the last name. So they're 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 hiding they're hiding under the floorboards of the house and he's talking in English because they can't understand English. And he knows that if he does and it's 
it sucks. It's the Sophie's Choice kind of thing where these are my friends, but if I don't help this guy out, he's going to kill everybody, including myself and my daughters. It's about survival, which sucks. And he's going to have to live with that trauma of he gave up his friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like he knew he had to do that because of his family. So he did it. And they basically, he as soon as he figures it out, Lanza gets up and like, thank you. Like as if it was all buddy, buddy. He calls, he said, oh, madame, you know, mademoiselle calls in his daughters. It's not his daughters. He calls in the soldiers that he came with and they literally tear into the floorboards. Luckily, of course, our heroine Shoshana was not in that section, but her entire family was. And she runs out covered in blood, absolutely just covered head to toe in blood and gore. And as she's running, running for her life, because she knows if he fires a gun at her, she's dead. That's all she can do. Running for her life. That view, by the way, it's one of those things. It's a gorgeous shot, but it harkens back to the shot in the searchers where oh, they yeah. open the door and you see like the 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 desert mm-hmm. and the mountains yeah, in the yeah. Utah. Yeah. It's a great scene. And and of course, and you have, you know, you know, you know, of course, you know, close encounters is the same type of shot, all that kind of shit. But it's a great gorgeous shot of the French countryside and this girl running and he's like, Oh wait, wait, Shosana. He's you run too I mean? far at this point. I think and he at think that he's point, there's a part of him that's he's like, I don't want to waste the bullet, a bullet yes. on this right now. Yes. He's, okay. he's like, she's going to die. She's not going to make it. And he's like, know? eventually I'm going to find this bitch. Yeah. And also, too, real quick, one thing to talk about before we go to the next sequence, because we do need to go to the next sequence, because yes. the next sequence is great, too. But um, when he's asking, what is it, Monsieur Le Patet? You said it was? Monsieur Le Patet. Monsieur Le Patet. Le Patet. Okay. He... When he's when he's giving them up, there is he has just a few tears that fall down his face. It's yes. and this is a big, strong, like manual labor man. Okay, he could totally beat the shit out of Lanza if he wanted to. Literally, just being bulldozed by this small little Christoph Waltz character. Okay? <laughs> yeah, for real, because he knows like I am not going to make it, and I need to protect my daughters. And you could see like the 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 anguish in him giving these people up, but knowing that he had no choice because this man was going to murder his children in front of him. Yeah. (laughs) And then kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to do it. And to me too, that was a moment there when I was watching the movie that I was like, I wrote down unbelievable because I bought it. When you sell something to me in a movie yeah. and I'm buying yeah. it that hard, yeah, like this is such a wonderful sequence and it's a horrible sequence. Like horrible as far as cinema's concerned, it's, it's, um, it's unbelievably amazing and wonderful, but it's such a it's juxtaposed with the shittiest thing that's happening at the same time. You know? So yeah. oh god, it's this is a this is a fantastic it's like movie. it's like it's like those scenes and it happens in and it's one of the movie that i think it happens a lot in and it's because of the of course the content it's like in schindler's list there's always that in schindler's list there's always a part where it's just decision after decision goes to someone's life yeah and yeah. it was just something that happened during that time period it happened like as if choosing it was like it was like is this person gonna live i don't know are they going to live because they have the wrong hat on? Oh, yeah, they do? Okay, boom, they're dead. 
just because they were Jewish and it had the wrong hat on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just yeah. one of those things that just came up. You know what I mean? It was, and it happened during that time period where a decision could be made over someone's life and it didn't fucking matter because they were Jewish. It's just, oh, and, and they portrayed it so well, which is one of those things that I'm like, I don't know how Quentin gets away with that kind of shit sometimes. It's man, completely because, fictionalized story about the but Holocaust. He, completely but fictionalized. Completely right. fictionalized. It's, but he gets away with it, like with stuff that running, I don't understand. He's also honoring what really happened there. He's not like he's. It's not like a satire where it's it's no, disrespectful. No, no, no. I think he's well, honoring. What he did is he took he the took truth. Schindler's list and made it fun. Yeah. And he's honoring the truth of the devastation and how shitty it was. But then yes. he's also taking a spin like, well, what if the war really ended like this instead? Yes. You know? Which is, I love how he does his like uh, his like revisionist history kind of bullshit. Which like, he, he yeah, he, like, I mean, I guess it's just like something he can do now. He got away with yeah. it in Glorious Bastards. He's like, hey, I'll do it for once a time to time in Hollywood, too. Let's just yeah, see yeah, what I can see do what it happens. with the Holocaust. Yeah. So I can do it with whatever the fuck I want. I <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, dude. No, like, like I don't know, dude. But, but yeah. So, but anyway. So, moving on scene? from that scene, let's go to the next scene. Let's go. Next scene is two. where they're where they're recruiting the the uh, glorious bastards. bastards, and yes. it keeps cutting to and from their training and uh, Hitler being upset about the mm-hmm. propaganda of the uh nine 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 about the the, yeah, the glorious past <laughs> the bear you did the, the bear, bear Juden, the bear you did the bear Jew. <laughs> i mean oh i will God. say that uh the, the gentleman martin woodkey who played hitler fantastic fantastic amazing amazing guy Amazing guy, dude. The performances Amazing. in this movie all around. There's not a bad one, number one. I mean, there's I not agree. a bad one to be found. Yeah. However big or small, not they're one all bad great. one. Yep. Not yep. one bad one. Can I can Even I ask Tarantino you know himself? He was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick too. So since we're at the Inglorious Bastards, we're got we've gotten to meeting them now. Do you guys have a favorite? Because I do. I will tell you who my favorite is. <laughs> My favorite is Hugo Stiglitz. That's my dude. That's who I was going to say, too. Hugo Stiglitz is the best of the Inglorious Bastards. Hands down. I love how they show his name. (laughs) He's just like the best. Like in the way he acts, too. So Hugo Stiglitz, if you guys haven't watched the movie, is a um, a Nazi. A German Nazi. Who enlisted into to being in the uh, the German being part of uh, you know the German army just so he can infiltrate and kill the head leader like corporals or generals or whatever no Gestapo's Gestapo's, Gestapo's. he just went in there and started murking these high level <laughs> officers of the SS <laughs> literally and and, just... and, and, and and they didn't catch him until he killed thirteen of yeah, them he got to. <laughs> 13. How crazy, like, as a German citizen, like, he's the only motherfucker who wised up and was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was the this. only one that's like, yeah, he was like, not, nah, I'm not feeling this. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in there and just start murdering people. <laughs> I'm going to murder from within. <laughs> I loved, I love, I, I thought it was hilarious that one scene where he choked a dude by sticking his foot down his, his, no, hand his, hand. his mouth. Yeah, his, hand. his head down his mouth. <laughs> his head down his mouth. <laughs> He's oh a, he is a, he is an 
I as Rick as back to Rick and Morty. He is an ice cold dick killer, man. <laughs> He's the baddest, baddest motherfucker in in cinema history to me. Yes. Dude, the, the man is awesome. And the and the reason why the bastards picked him up is they they found him. He finally got caught by like the German army and they put him in jail. And the bastards knew where he was. They broke his ass out. They <laughs> broke him out of prison, and they they killed everybody there. And while they're in this prison, killing everyone, Hugo Stiglitz literally doesn't make a move, just smoking a cigarette. Does he is a cold? <laughs> doesn't flinch. Doesn't he's flinch. a cold motherfucker. He's literally, just soldiers being like destroyed around him, just smoking yes. cigarettes. And then here comes Aldo, Aldo, what's his last name? Aldo, Aldo, Aldo Reigns. Aldo, Aldo Reigns. Who's Brad Pitt, who was great, okay? Yes, let's he, talk about that, yeah, too. Yeah, he, he comes in, he just says, you know who we are? <laughs> and he, he goes, <laughs> is like, yeah, and he goes, well, we know who you are. We're a big fan of your work. <laughs> <laughs> He's we like, you're ready to go pro. And he goes, and yeah, he's like, you're like, yeah, amateur we, right we, now. Yeah. We think your Nazi killing is a bit amateur, so we're wondering if you're interested in going pro. Like, what the hell? Like, what is this fucking baseball, dude? Yeah, it's, Stiglitz <laughs> looks at him like, yeah. <laughs> like, Why not? Like, yeah, I'm into killing Nazis. That's what I do. <laughs> let's fun. do it. He's like, let's fucking roll, dude. I'm good with that shit. He is like, such a great character. Yeah. I think it's hilarious, dude. Also, this is just me because I love, like, how actors, like, just want to keep something going in all their movies but like brad pitt in every movie is eating something and he's eating yeah. something in this movie too which i fucking love i love how he does that in every fucking he eats, flick yeah yeah he eats something like he's like eating something when he gets when the when eli roth beats the shit out of like hirschberg guy in that one eating an apple he's, he's like he's he eats a sandwich too He's eating a sandwich it's also. It's so necessary for this film now. <laughs> I, because yes. it just proves, like, it proves, like, how, like, how much, how little this affects me that we're going to kill you. That so, I'm going to eat a sandwich while this man is blasting your head with a bat. Let's talk, <laughs> so. let's talk about this. So, like, does that mean that, like, all these guys, and this is just wait, me wait, talking. Wait, wait, can I, can I just mention? Oh, sorry, sorry, bro. Hugo Stiglitz was awesome, but my favorite guy was the Bear Jew. Okay. Well, the bear is great too. He's fun. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk Roth, about Eli Roth. I like him the whole time. Like he, was, he just beats. Like he's just man. That <laughs> clicking when he's hitting the uh, the bat on the inside of that hall, and it's just uh, building the tension. It's horrible. And I'm like, and and they're, then Hitler's like he. They call him a golem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, talk about striking fear into so, the like your your opponent. So 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 let's talk about that. So Derek, do you know what a golem is, by the way? Uh, vaguely. Go ahead. Let's talk it's about a, it. It's, a, it's like a troll, but not a troll. It's so what it is is that like um, it's a stat. It's it's it goes back to um, like Jewish. Is it a Tolkien thing or no? Uh no. It's some it's it's a Jewish like it's like a um, Eastern Jewish, um, Eastern European Jewish like folklore kind of thing. Latin Germany and that that part of the region, Germanic region. Basically, what it is is that you have a statue that that someone like has control over that they can go ahead and what their their job is. They're basically an unstoppable force, and whatever and whatever you tell them to do, they will do it. So nothing can stop it. The only way you can stop it is by 
basically killing the person who controls Changing it. Changing his the command. Only way, the only way you can stop it is killing the person who controls it. And, and he said he had Hitler call, call the inglorious bastards Gollum. That's great. Yes, yeah, yeah, dude. They're so bad. So here's the thing. So, like, so... If you guys have, have you guys ever like actually like looked into the history of the OSS or into what um I forgot what the OSS version was of in, in England, um which was the precursor to the MI six, um no. so so the OSS is the Office of Secret Services or Special okay. Services. They are the precursor to the CIA in the states. Um, uh, the as far as um, wait was was the CIA really born out of a British organization? No, 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 no. So okay, so no, no. The Just OSS, no, the OSS is the U.S. version. Okay? Oh, okay, okay, and then the then in uh in England it was called the SIS, the Secret Intelligence Service. Okay, that's what it was called. So just to give you an understanding, they were brutal. Always. OSS was always brutal. SIS was always brutal in Europe. They would do what they did, just like what the bastards did. They would parachute in foreign lands and cause complete fucking havoc in 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 uh, in uh, in behind enemy lines. That was their whole point. Okay. Like like um like Churchill, when regards to his group, the SIS, he said he's like his whole thing was uh, there was a phrase I can't think of the phrase now, dude. But he basically was like scorched earth. Fucking, if you can't do what you need to do, fucking destroy everything. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. He didn't care what happened. Like help what you can, but whoever's in the way, they're in the way. It does not matter. Our whole point is to destroy the Nazi machine. That's what we. Yeah, do. I was. I was thinking about. I, I mean. I, I get the concept behind the scalping of the Nazis and, and the, again, the fear they're striking in their enemy's eyes, especially when your opponent is supposed to be the fear monger of mongers out there. Right? Yeah. And you need to one up them to make them fear you. I get that. But the whole time I'm thinking about like, aren't there like rules to, to warfare? Like, bruh, not during world war two. Churchill didn't bruh. believe in that shit, dude. Also too, like, yeah, there's, 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 you know, there's there's you know rules of war but mm-hmm. no do they really follow them cuz no one's there to enforce it you know and they like that and and also during world war 2 i highly doubt anybody gave a shit because it's just, the nazis it, they didn't give a fuck yeah well it's it the thing is that like it's when when you go around breaking the rules you do it in the shadows and here they're they're making a name for themselves as breaking the rules. So I think the idea that speaking of that, like kind of kind of piggybacking off of that, and also piggybacking off of what Tomas just said about like the SIS or whatever. If you get a group of people like the Inglorious Bastards, or in real life SIS, that will be dropped somewhere. To the literally, OSS in, yeah, in, in yeah. the American ally, American was OSS. Yeah, yeah. To to be dropped somewhere to literally cause havoc as much as you possibly can for a dictator that's trying to take over the world, and you have groups of people like the Inglorious Bastards again, fictional, but groups of people that literally give no fucks. <laughs> <laughs> like that will go. <laughs> yeah. Like these guys are fearless. They fear nothing. They or they're they, fucking nuts. They don't care about death. <laughs> they're just there to cause 
havoc and kill Nazis. Okay. If you get people that are willing to do that, you got to do what you got to do to save the planet. So for me, that that's not that far-fetched. And there are always rules of engagement with war, but in war, no one really follows them. And that's something that no. you can hear from people that are veterans. You know, well, I mean, and the, and the other thing is, not not that tit for tat works, but Hitler was already far far past those lines as well. Mm-hmm. So, for sure, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for there's real. no anyway. rules anymore. When you kill six million people, there ain't no rules, bro. We're gonna yeah. go yeah, in there and do real, what we dude. gotta do. You know, seriously. So obviously, that that whole sequence where they bring in the soldier who had been released from mm-hmm. the glorious bastards. And uh, that's when we start to see the sequence when they're in that little ravine. And it's funny how you mentioned, you know, this is, it breathes and it's kind of drawn out. It's much, lots of talking and it still draws you in. You're hooked. Yeah. I didn't even realize it until after that scene, but I paid attention and counted how many inglorious bastards there were the whole through that sequence. I'm like, where are they at? I'm missing one. There's the other one. I'm looking for every little detail because i'm so drawn in yeah. on this sequence that's yeah. so funny i did the same thing i wasn't counting them i was just like oh who's that guy because that guy that guy i was there, doing that too yeah. yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. these are all the bastards because you don't get yeah. to know them but there's there's like what 12 you want to they're eight there's eight there's eight, eight. Okay. There's eight plus ugo Stichling, stiglitz and aldo rain so there's eight of them plus aldo rain and and, and his and his lieutenant and the bear jew yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Donny Do- Donny Donowitz. Yeah, and you guys got any like, fucking ball game. Yeah, I don't do. <laughs> so funny. played by a really well done Eli Roth there. You know, Eli came Roth. In yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Came dude. in and, and took care of business. And yeah, he um, did. The 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 great thing too about this that we haven't mentioned yet, and I mentioned it briefly, is that uh, Brad Pitt is so is he's phenomenal dude he's very good in this movie okay and he plays such an outlandish strange character but he does it so well and he becomes lovable his guy is a violent jew killing (laughs) man that you are like i like to scalp people he wants people he wants a hundred jew i mean hundred german scalps by each one of his men. He wants 800 or 800, 900 yes. German yep. scalps. He has his men scalp these people. And they do it gladly, willingly, no flinching. Don't give a shit. These, these men... Because they're fucking Nazis. Yep, these men care about... They have zero fucks to give about Nazis. And you see it throughout the whole movie. And especially just the way that... like, Also, too, like, there's no fear. And I think that was the whole purpose with how Aldo talked to this, like this high, this, whoever this ranked officer was when, when, when they're in the ravine. Yeah. And there's a point where he just says, it, it, it was so funny. And I, I don't know why, but this is the time I noticed it the most. I don't know why this time it really hit me hard, but he looks at the guy with a smile and he says, killing Nazis is my business and business <laughs> is a booming. He's like, killing Nazis is my business and business, business is a booming, is brother. A booming, brother. And I was like, <laughs> I started laughing audibly. Like, and it's just like, you know what? It's so funny. And it's, it's, it's weird because we've, we, it's unfortunate, but also just true 
that there's such a bad dark cloud <laughs> over Nazi Germany that n- everyone's like, yeah, kill those motherfucking Nazis. Like that's like <laughs> it's such a dark cloud that we're all like bring yeah, all of humanity back together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. But anyway, sorry. Dude, dude, you want to hear something funny? So we talked about Ugo Stiglitz, and so Ugo Stiglitz when he was when he was uh, the the actor Till Schweiger, he. He didn't want to. He he didn't want to put on a Nazi uniform when they were making the movie. And is he a German guy? I feel like he's, he's German. actually he's a German, German actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a German he, actor. I feel like I've so, seen him around. Yeah. So he wanted to be. He didn't want to wear the uniform because he was born and raised in Germany, and he has a real hatred for anything Nazi related. He hates it. Absolutely hates it. So what Tarantino said is like, so Tarantino said, <laughs> no, like, you can't get any better. Yeah. 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 So Tarantino said, okay, I'll, I'll let you just, I'll let you kill a Nazi in every scene you wear a uniform. And he's like, cool. I'll do it. <laughs> if that's the, if that's all he needed. And, and that's Quentin's all. like, I know this guy is, I, I'm going to make this cassette concession for this actor who has like, <laughs> Three lines to the whole movie yes. because he's doing such a good job just existing. For real, you know. For real. Like, I am going to make that concession. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it was. You're hired. It was, yeah, dude. Yeah, like pretty much. So, so that scene where they were like they're in the ravine and they're all like fucking like scalping fucking German bodies, which is fucking great, by the way. Can it I? It was fucking unreal. Go, I'm gonna go, mention go. this. We're gonna we're gonna get there when we get to ratings, but. Remember this scene whenever we get to ratings. <laughs> okay, okay. Derek, thank you, Derek. Uh, thank you for the thank you for, for making me remember that. What do you you think we're gonna give it bad rating? You think this film is gonna get bad ratings from us, Derek? What are you worried about? <laughs> I'm gonna dock points for some oh. things that are in this. Oh scene. my god! Oh, so you're talking about for you? Okay. <laughs> You better come. I'll just tell you now. I'll just tell you now. I'll just tell you now. This scene with the the close up on the scalping, the scene when they're shooting Hitler. That was uncomfortable. The scene where they're carving Christoph Waltz at the end. They're just a little bit gratuitous with the gore. Well, you're going to okay. have a trouble with my pick that I have this week, my friend. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Yes. It's not yes! a horror yet, you dickhole. Yes! It's not a horror yes! film. I'll tell you that yes! much. Yes. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. So, that, okay. So, Moving all right. So, it's, they're in the ravine. But, okay. Let's, they're in the ravine and everything is happening. I mean, like the scene where the guy, the guy is trying, like, you know, Aldo's trying to have the guy. Basically, tell get find out where all the sniper is in the apple orchard, and the guy's like, "No, fuck you," and he's like, "Oh, this is great! I can't wait to see what happens next." Like he's like, "Yeah, he's the like, way he says it, yeah, like he like literally don't give a shit." Yeah, he's like, "We've been waiting for this all week. It's better than going to the movies." <laughs> you yeah, get yeah. your head beat in by the bear Jew. Yeah, you know what when I mean. Does he get his fucking head beat in? Beat dude. Oh in. my god. It's yeah. nasty. Like I, like I didn't realize how nasty it was when he hits him, and then he drops down, and the guy starts like convulsing. I'm like, oh shit! They really went at it, dude. And then of and course he they keeps cut hitting away. him, keeps hitting him, keeps hitting and him. Just keeps the head just keeps going bang, bang, bang. I'm like, oh shit, it, dude. It's, so you got to think about how smart that writing is too. And the reason why, like, okay, is, listen to what Derek just said. He didn't like it because it was gratuitous gore, not because. 
he's beating someone's head. The reason why this becomes okay to us is because we have this American Jew that is going to Nazi Germany because he's like, fuck these guys. Okay. (laughs) And you're watching this Jew beat the shit out of this Nazi soldier. So nobody, like none of us, like I didn't, wasn't like, oh man, that's go at it, dude. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't like, oh man. Not for me. Great for you. Go ahead. Exactly. I wasn't like thinking to myself, oh man, I wish it it wasn't this bad for, no man, you, you got to do what you got to do you know? And you know and you know what's funny is that like i can totally see because of what was oh, happening dude. i can totally see these guys being able to survive for a long period of time in the shadows in europe because there are so many empty houses farmhouses ranches buildings in different cities and towns and villages where the nazis just don't have people because they don't give a fuck because they've already cleaned them out and these towns don't give a shit about the Nazis. They just want to survive. So just eight more guys walking around with guns. Who's to say that they're not just Nazis because they have a German people talking to them? You know what I mean? Like it's here's you know, the deal. Here's the deal. It's, it's wild, not, dude. It's not. Uh, it's a justified action. It's an appropriate and justified action. Yes, mm-hmm. it is the same reason that we are not outraged when people go to jail for heinous crimes. Yeah. Is That's a justified action. What it is. It yeah. Does justice be done? Carry on. By the way, and this I guy believe- got his head beat in and deserved it. And I believe that <laughs> what happened there, that whole sequence of events, I believe is a war crime. It totally happened. And it's a war yeah. crime. And it's I a war crime. And I'm literally like, I don't give a shit. Yep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like, what's you happening here? That one's good. It's like, it's like, what's happening here? Hold on. Let me turn around so I don't see it. Here's, and they sign off on the paperwork. Yes, approved. Go ahead. That's <laughs> just like, you know, but whatever. All right. So we're going to go ahead and go past the ravine. We're going to go to the next scene. Let's keep moving on. Let's keep, Let's moving, keep on. moving on. We okay, can't go scene 15. by scene. It's not possible because this is, we'll be here for seven I think seven we're going hours. to. There's no going way. To. We're going to have right, so the next scene is wanna, the movie theater. So you want to go? Okay, hold on. So we have, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to the chapter names. You guys tell me what you want to do. The next scene is German Night in Paris, which is basically just kind of introducing Shosana and Frederick Zoller. I don't know if you really want to go through that. I don't know if you want to go through that. I don't think we really do. He really does a good job of pulling off the patient good guy. It's only in the theater at the end that he comes across as I a really, Nazi asshole. Yeah, very good. I very do good want point. to talk about the point. scene at the lunch with Goebbels and Zoller and Landa. And, yeah, no, no. Me. We're talking about okay. that one. <laughs> We're Let's talking talk about, about that. that one. I don't yeah. give a shit about him talking to her. I don't understand. Why is it important? Tell me this. Okay, so, I didn't so, think much of it. All right, so so okay, that so sequence, dude. Okay, so hold on, hold I on, didn't... hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just let's just let's just talk about it. So, okay, there's a few scenes in front of that. Whatever, she's in front of the fucking Metroplex. Fuck that one. She's at the cafe. Fuck that. Who cares? And we talk. And and I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. There's a bit of a plot hole in regards to Frederick Zoller being able to kill over 250 American soldiers and them not destroying a fucking clock tower in a town. That's bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. I mean, you could, you could, you can give him I a mean, pass. The film is great. Okay? I know. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But if you really want to talk about military strategy in doing World War II, specific buildings didn't really give a fuck. They didn't give a fuck about that. I mean, they destroyed like the like you know in Italy. The U.S. bombed the fucking church that had the fresco of the Last Supper, for God's sakes. I mean, a fucking clock tower and a they sniper just thrown a stick there. of dynamite. It would have been fine. 
Yeah, a, a clock tower with a sniper. The minute he killed ten guys, they would have been like, "Fuck it, bring it down." It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Okay. It we could we mattered. could give him a break though. Come on. I get it. I get it. But that was a bit of a stretch for me. I know. I love Quentin. Quentin's like one of my favorite directors. But that was like, bro, that was a bit of a stretch. But either way, so we go to the fucking lunch, and at the lunch we have Han- we have we have Goebbels, we have Frederick Zola, and we have um we have uh uh what's her name uh the chick that was like the uh the interpreter. Oh, by, oh, that okay, by, yeah, that scene was by, absolutely great. Yes, played yeah. by for, uh, Judy Joyful, which was great. The, the tr- yes. Yeah, the pastry. So I thought you were talking about when she was just sitting in the cafe reading alone, and the guys no, kept coming in and interrupting. That. Yeah, I was no, like, I, I agree with that. that scene. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're gonna that. skip ahead in that lunch where Goebbels leaves because he wants to just go away, and he fuck. That was hilarious that he fucks his interpreter, and he sounds like a fucking pig. While he's fucking his interpreter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they make so many jabs at Nazi Germany. Yes. Like, Nazi, it's like Nazis, like he made fun of them <laughs> sure. so bad. Yeah, they are the punching bag here. Yeah. Yes. Deservedly so. So, yeah. but the scene where Landa is talking, he's like, he's the head of security for the event, and he's talking to Shoshana, and she tells him basically her name is Emmanuel Minou. You know, she has a fake passport, all that information because of her fake papers, whatever. But he's like talking to her and the whole it's a buildup, but it's not as bad as with her as with the Lapadite, but it's still there. It's palpable that she knows that this guy in a heartbeat could shoot her in the head and no one in the restaurant would care. Or that he could find out that she's really a Jew, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, for that reason, he could find that she's a Jew, shoot in the head, and you say she was a Jew, and no one would give a fuck, and they just keep going eating their food. You know what I mean? It wouldn't matter at all. And so, like, I thought it was great when they go through the whole process because we're gonna try to gloss over to the major parts. But with this scene was when he got up and he left after it was all over, and you could tell, dude, she was scared. She was scared, but she was trying to hold it in. And I thought Melanie Laurent was amazing in this scene. Oh, she's unbelievable. She bust into tears. Ooh, oh, dude. And you were right, right when he left. The whole time. Yep. Right when he left, the minute he pad turned his back and he turned the corner around that room and she went, she <gasps> it was like she breathed. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm getting goosebumps not thinking about dude. it. Like, she just like breathed. That's a moment. Like, That's a cinema moment. She was like, fuck me. That's artistic like, you cinema. You could feel yeah. it. You could it feel painful. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like she had to give everything in her life, and you could tell, like, she was like, and then she started, like, crying. You could see her eyes well up immediately. Immediately. Like, so I'm like this chick. Good. Like, just Amazing. so good. And the patience in that scene that, yes. that all of the actors and the director had. The glass of milk. Oh, dude. It's, it, and just even to, like, strudel. Then the cream. The cutting. The cutting. So Sally Menk is the, is, is his editor. She was, that was his last movie. Yeah, that was his last movie with yeah, him, by the she's way. She's a brilliant editor. And yes. just the way it, she shows him cutting his pastry and putting his, his little dollop or whatever on it and him cream, eating it cream. and the way he's acting. Like, it's just, this scene is a, like, dude, this is another clinic. This scene is a second yeah. clinic. This is the second one in filmmaking. In this and there, movie, and there's and there's another there's more. There's, there's another more. really good one coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, 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 like. She, she, she cut it where it was like, and and it was great because Quentin Tarantino like was going through the whole process, 
where they get the strudel. She's about to dig it. He's like, no, no, no. Wait for the cream. Wait for the cream. He is so good, guys. Like, do you realize, like, what it takes to take – so the – those words okay, are written right, on paper. Right, okay. Right. Can you can you pick? Can you pick though? Can I pick what? Christoph Waltz or or who? PTA. If I had to oh, choose, the, the, the director. It's, 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 it's a actor. director and an actor. You want me to? You got a hard on right now. If I have to choose one of them, I'm going to choose PTA. But I think Christoph <laughs> Waltz is amazing. I okay. mean, he won. He won. He's won two two Academy Awards. One for this movie. And one for Django, Django. and Jane. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, this man should be in every Quentin Tarantino. They are magic together, <laughs> dude. They are magic together. But either way, what I was trying to say is like, um, the words on paper are one thing, okay? They're one thing. And then it's part of the part of the actor's job is to, to make them come to life. And the director's supposed to help them make it come to life. Yeah. And, and for th- just the simple little things, like he said, no, 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 wait for your cream. Like, I don't know why, but that is incredibly powerful because it's him saying, I have power over you to make you stop eating. That's the kind yes. of power that I have in this scene. Yes. Uh, that I'm yes. going to tell you to stop eating and you're going to listen to me. Because you're going to eat it the way I want you to yep. eat it. Dude, it's, was it's there, crazy. Was there any... Uh, okay, we've talked about this before and I believe this is another case point where almost everything in this film is very, very intentional. Camera angles, timing, sequences, lighting. All of it is oh my God. Down, down to the moment. We'll talk about the lighting at, at some point, but go ahead. But. He forgot his cream for his espresso. I've been trying to figure out what the hell that means. Why it matters. I don't why even know what you're talking about. You're going to have to remind when me. He's, okay, when he orders- <laughs> Oh my god! Down. If if you could derail the conversation, Derek, you just did, dude. Okay, I can't believe I lost you guys on this. All right, <laughs> listen up. All right, okay. so he sits down. He's t- he talks about you know the pastries; they're not bad, right? And the then, strudel. He, the strudel, and then yes. the person comes over to take the order, and he orders a espresso, kind of co- coffee or something like that, and a water for her, and then two strudel. Okay. The person brings the drinks and Christoph Waltz admits, oh, I forgot to order the cream for my coffee. No. And then he says it again for the strudel. I get the strudel part. Why did, why is, why does this character need to make an error? Why is that written? Can I, can I throw throw my idea? I don't know if this is the answer. This is just what I think it is. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino is all about real dialogue. He likes to have dialogue. That's Every real conversations. Every single piece of dialogue yeah. in the movie he writes. Yeah, and he and he likes real conversations with real people. That's why he has. That's why you know, Pulp Fiction. They're talking about foot rubs, or in in Reservoir Dogs, they're talking about uh, why he's Mister Pink. Like you know, there's there's all these different. Like he doesn't write dialogue that's just like straight to the point. It all has to do with the story. He's writing dialogue that real people would have, and to me, it's just like him saying. Oh, I forgot that. Like, if I if I'm having a conversation with you at a Shit. restaurant and I and I order a um I don't know a pizza oh, well. and I forget to put pepperoni on it, I go, oh fuck, I forgot to put the pepperoni on it. Oh well, it's just the idea of just real dialogue. I think that's yeah. all it is. Mm-hmm. Just realism, yeah, like like everything. Yep. If you if so, every scene and it's funny. Quentin Tarantino has a control of every single scene in every one of his movies. 
every conversation that you see in the motion picture, it's not none of his movies is impromptu. Yeah, none he doesn't like dialogue. the improvisation. He likes he, he hates his, improv. his writing. Yeah. So he's like, all right, so whatever take, if he does extra takes, it's because he feels that he needs to add this dialogue to the take and he writes it up. And he's like, okay, here you go. This is what you have to say. And you have to follow to the script. You cannot deviate from the script. That's what he does. That's what he cares about. He well, does not is, want deviation. You mentioned, I mean, we talked about directors who are going to maybe not micromanage in the negative sense, but be on every point, every detail as written the way I envisioned it for a reason. And it, and it, it, it has purpose behind it. It's not just control freaks, but definitely control freaks, right? Well, he, he's a control freak on the dialogue. I, I think he, he's like, a he gives you he all around. He gives you free, but no, but I think he's more of a, he gives you more freedom on the acting side on what the dialogue presents to you as an actor, and he lets you kind of follow through with it and see where it goes. I, but I, he wants to be sure that you follow you follow his dialogue. I think he trusts his actors. You're right. I think he does. Yes. But I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of directing happening because yeah, in all of his movies because they're too. They're too polished to be to me for I them guess. for him to just I'm, let them I'm, go freely. There's so when much. Think, there's so much that there's in no other I, way than with intent. But here's the thing. Would look here's the, the, the thing. Way they do. It looks polished, but it's it's enough. There's enough of a glaze where it's not as polished as like Wes Anderson. No, I'm not talking about. Like, no, I'm not talking about the filmmaking. I'm talking about the acting purely. No, the no, even the acting. Polished. The acting is. But yeah. I'm saying Wes Anderson style acting as well. Is very polished. It's not. It's, Almost it's where banal. It's, That's what the word like. He, the way I he guess. has. It's yeah, like, maybe it, you're right. I, like, I, will, I will give you it's, that. Yeah. I think it's Wes Anderson's. Yeah, it's unemotional. Uh, Wes Anderson's right. filmmaking right. Right. is wildly polished. Like his filmmaking is polished. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about just the acting in in his. I film guess you're right. Is so good on all of his movies. Okay, that's the same with Paul Thomas Anderson. It's so good in all of their in all their movies that I know that there's control happening between the director and the actor of what he wants. Now, that doesn't mean that the actor doesn't get to put. I think Christoph Waltz created that guy, but yes. I think that Quentin Tarantino oh, yeah. pushed him where he wanted him to go. You know, I, I think that's that, where yeah. I think that's where because everything that happens in in this movie is just like there isn't how do you have a film without any bad actors dude without any bad acting without any moments of bad acting like how do you do that you rehearse you rehearse you rehearse you rehearse you rehearse so that's so so okay so if we want to keep this train moving forward uh let's go to chapter four okay speaking of no bad actors even no matter how big or how small your scene is Mm -hmm. So you have the the scene chapter four is Operation Kino, where you see a makeup mm. Mike Myers. You meet uh you yeah. meet uh uh good old Michael meet, Fassbender, uh, whatever his good name. Good old is. Michael Fassbender's Lieutenant Archie. Beautiful Haycock. actor again. Beautiful. And then you also see Rod Taylor, who was a great actor in the fifties and sixties, uh has some classic motion pictures portraying Churchill. And he's I can't I didn't even know it was him. I was like, holy fuck. That's fucking Rod Taylor. Cause I, whatever. I watch old movies and I fucking loved Time Machine and The Birds from Alfred Hitchcock. And 
I couldn't believe that was him. And even still, he said maybe he said two fucking lines in the entire scene. And he was fucking amazing because they kept, which was great, Sally Menke editing. She kept cutting to him. Like Hickox knew that that was Churchill back there. And Menka kept cutting to him every chance she got because Hickox kept looking back and the guy was like, holy fuck, it's Churchill. Because no matter what, we all know Churchill fucking commanded the room. Sure. Undoubtedly. When he walked in, he fucking owned it. He didn't have to fucking say a word, just smoke his goddamn cigar and drink his fucking fifth of whiskey. That's all he had to do. And he owned a fucking room. And it was great where he's asking questions and all of a sudden, Churchill goes, brief him. And that's all he had to say. Yeah. And boom, done. Here we go. Let's let's roll. And it was just fucking just like, once again, it's a scene where they, like, Tarantino just kind of just rolls out the smallest insignificant piece, but it just it just builds and it builds and it builds and you're just like wow, it's just yeah. you you love every second of it. Dude. I, we almost like I almost forgot about Fastbender too. You know, I almost forgot. Yes, and he's so. And when I watched, this, I'm like, oh god, I forgot about Fastbender, and he, I know he's in the movie, and. He was just getting big. Yeah, yeah. Right after this is right after three hundred. Yeah, he's he is great s- job. So good. Yeah, great such job. Such a good actor. Such a good actor. He's he's very uncomfortable. Like his smile is very uncomfortable for me. Like, like there's this scene, you talking about in the movie. Okay, you know, in general, like really? when he's like when he has like this really like big <laughs> smile. Okay. okay, so so okay. Well, we talk about the scene, the Kino scene. He has to meet. Bridget von Hammersmark, played by the great Diane Kruger. She's amazing. I, I, I've never seen her in a bad scene, even in fucking National Treasure with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, she's great. Oh, God. Yeah, she was I great her. in her yeah. eyes. When she I don't care what anybody out. says. I love National Treasure 1 and 2. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. The way but that she looked when she was getting choked out, dude. So Bro. Oh, my God. So fucking dude, convincing. So real, dude. All like, dude, Yes. I'm telling you, man. This act, this, this is it. Fucking clinic. Oh, this an act. Fuck everybody. Fuck, everybody. Well, we're not even done with the clinic that we're going into because we're about no, to go into the no. basement. That was so, a clinic in a, itself. So, another clinic, yeah. Oh my god. So anyway, so as we were saying, so like they have to go to this basement in this fucking thing. And it's great because Barpist, like, it's a fucking basement. Brad <laughs> like saying, don't you don't go don't, in the basement. Nobody fucking operations. Why are we going to a fucking basement? Like his whole thing was like. This is a fucking shit show already. It's a trap. Go to yeah. Fucking basement. Like no one says we go to the basement, but whatever. So, so whenever they go into the basement, it's uh, it's Fastbender with uh, Wiki and with Til- and with Hugo, Hugo Stiglitz. Stiglitz, my boy. Yes, and they go in there and they try to meet with Bridget, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a fucking SS officer in the corner. He's in a separate room. They don't even see him. Why do him. they have a table? Why is that building laid out that way? Like, Dude, why is there a corner like that? Here's the thing. So, I don't know if you know this. So, it's funny. In a lot of places like that, especially in Europe, they have separate rooms and separate sections for people to have their own private area for, like, tastings and shit like that. Privacy. And a lot of these places, and there's even places like that here in the States, dude, which were for fucking bootlegging. You know what I'm saying? Like it's different rooms for like them to. So he had a room back there apparently, and he's back there and he hears all this shit happening 
which is fucking hilarious. And then he comes out and he's all decked out in all his shit. He's all black, so you know he's SS Gestapo. You know what I'm saying? Like SS slash people dressed like that back then without air conditioning. Oh, dude, it's all and it's all fucking wool, bro. It's all wool. How do people not just hyperventilate all the time? I I'm a little asshole and I don't like even out so outdoors. <laughs> Come on now. Derek runs around his house naked, everybody, just so you know. Shit, he's, if he's I naked can. Right now. He's naked right now, just so. By the way, positive. this episode's gonna go, this, this episode's gonna go real well over with our German followers. FYI. Sorry, Jeremy. We so, like you guys. We really do. Because we like naked? You, we, we do. We just no, we hate fucking Nazis. That's it. We're not we're not fans of Nazis. It's true. No, no. <laughs> we're no, not no, no, we so. do not endorse that here. Sorry. No, we do not, not endorse not, okay, but the not National Socialist Party. they do either. And plus, you know what? I bet somewhere <laughs> there is a historical museum of some sort that documents the German citizens that wanted to fight against the Nazis. I'm sure that there were some of them. Oh, I'm sure there's German resistance movies and shit. Like but that. I also so, would not be surprised if all of that was wiped from history because the Nazis got big. So uh, who knows if any of that survived? But you got to remember something, guys. There's bad people on both sides. Okay. Yeah, yeah. On all yeah, sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. So, all right. So, anyway, so moving forward. So, we're in the bar. And this fucking guy shows up with his Das Boot fucking beer cup, you know, because all I can think of is fucking like What's beer more fest. German than that in <laughs> Paris? It's just so great, yeah. A broken lizard. All I can think of is fucking Das Boot. But I think of it from Euro just... Trip. No, no, from Broken Lizard Beer Fest. Beer, oh, beer, beer Fest. fest. Yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> yeah. that movie. Das Boot. But turn it and the right way so you can. We need to pick it. that yes. movie. We need to watch that. <laughs> Anyways, cinema so, excellence. Fucking okay, listen, bro. Listen, bro. If you if you need to ask about a Z job, you can't afford it. I thought it for a second with a Euro Z trip. <laughs> a Z job. You can't afford it, and you can't do it. <laughs> anyways, so but anyways, but the whole scene. So they go into the fucking basement, and they have another fucking clinic. You know, you have this table full of Germans of people who. They're not big actors, but they fucking portrayed perfectly. The what they drunk were doing. soldier, like I bought it. Yes, I bought all it. of yeah. them. All of them. I bought all of them playing fucking blind man's poker with the fucking card on their head, dude. Whatever, and or blind man's bluff, whatever they called it. But they, they, I, I bought it, dude. I bought the whole scene, dude. And Diane Kruger bought the whole scene of her being some starlet in the fucking basement, you know. And then there's then then, then when these guys show up, and then. As they're talking and they're feeling each other out with the fucking Gestapo guy, and then he holds up his three fingers, and you see his face, and it reminded me. So as soon as I saw that, I didn't notice it the first time I watched it, but the first mm. time I watched it, when I saw his face, as he saw his hold up his three fingers, I'm like, "Fuck, that was a giveaway. How was that a giveaway?" And of course, they say it later on, but it's something that reminded me from a TV show I saw. So there's a TV show on AMC called Turn. Okay. I've never heard of it. It's a TV show about the first American spy ring during the American Revolution. And so there's a scene where the 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 guy who's in charge of the British spies on the pro in the American Revolution and they're all eating lunch. They're all eating dinner at this at his house. So it's him and like four other like British officers and 
they're cutting their their meat, and all the British officers are like cutting their meat, then switching their fork to their primary hand and eating the meat off their primary hand. They're not cutting their meat and then using it with their non-primary hand. That's an American thing. Hmm. It's different little things based on culture, which we find out later is where your That's how he gave himself away. That's how he gave himself away. When he said three glasses, he used his three fingers, his pointer, his middle, and his ring finger, where in Germany they say three by using their thumb, pointer, and middle. It's a culture thing, and he realized it. Well, and then the way that they framed that sequence, the what's what's the guy's name? I'm gonna make sure I get this right. Uh, who was who was the uh, major? Gestapo, the Gustavo Major guy. Major Hellstrom. Major Hellstrom. So yeah, um, ma- Major um, So the Hellstrom is sitting there, and he's not paying attention, and he glances up, and it's an over the shoulder shot. Yes. Of, yes of uh archie uh uh, hickox 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 and um you can see hickox although out of focus you can still make out his general gestures and and motions and you can see he throws up the three fingers in clear focus then (laughs) hellstrom sees it pauses and stares at it looks to uh uh hickox and you can see that he's figured it out in that moment. Yeah. And yeah. You're, you're drawn to it because that's what the camera is showing you. That's all that the camera is showing you. It's in telling you that well, you're giving me 30 seconds of this. This must be important. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to figure out what is it that's so important. Cut to Diane Kruger giving us the lesson of what he did wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. It was, it was framed really well flawlessly. Yeah. It was. It was again a fucking clinic. And in the great thing about that scene is how it ends is that everybody in that basement dies. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone dies. Even the one that you think that's gonna live dies. Doesn't make Yeah, dude. If you noticed when they all started shooting each other, you saw Bridget Van Hammersmark's leg get shot too in the scene. Mm -hmm. Like right off the bat, like super quick. I was like, I know she gets, I know she got shot, and I, and I looked for her. Like, how does she get shot? And you see it right then and there. Like yeah, all of a sudden, leg. the hole, her leg, the leg, the hole shows up in her leg. You're like, oh fuck! Like there it is. Like you just, you don't, you you know it's happening. You know it's gonna happen, and it's great because the buildup, especially when all of a sudden Hickox is like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna talk in English now. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I know I'm gonna die. Yeah, he said. Since this is my and the great thing about that scene is that these all these men know that they're that shit's about to go down and they're probably not going to live because they're all. We forgot like, to mention is that what's they, his name is going to grow up to be an orphan. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, um, the, the they end up that the the Gestapo guy had actually had a gun pointed at Archie's testicles the whole the yes whole yes yes yeah. but little did we know is that archie also had a gun pointed at, at yeah at, at the and then there's a point too where they realize that they both have a gun pointing each other and hugo stiglitz being the badass that he is doesn't give any shits literally <laughs> brandishes his weapon in the air and then points it at the at the gestapo shoulder uh soldiers nuts like in front of everyone yes. 
thing. No, yeah. like these, all these people here. But what I love about the these characters is that they know that they're they're facing death, and they still <laughs> give no fucks. Like they yeah, literally are like, I'm gonna go down now, but I'm gonna take a bunch of you bitches with me, and I'm yes. okay with that. And I'm yeah, for real. Yeah, that's how the movie ends. The two, the two guys that are in the, the movie box just shooting everybody. Yep, it's, yeah, all bro. of them burning down with the building. Shits. Yeah, they're in there. Like I'm taking as many of you out with me as I can do. And that was the great part about that when he just breaks it. He literally puts the gun in the air in an arch. Oh no, yeah. And just puts it in the guy's nuts and says, "Well, I got my gun on your nuts now too." You know, so. <laughs> And a shootout ensues where all of them shoot each other and even the other soldiers get in and literally everyone is dead except one guy. And it's the guy that was drunk having a conversation uh, with Von, whatever her name is. Yes. <laughs> the, guy, the guy who was like had a baby. Yeah, he just had you a baby. I mean? The reason why all those soldiers were there unexpectedly is because this man had a baby and they were celebrating it. Yeah, dude, and 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 it was fucking crazy because he realized that she was a traitor and she had to fucking kill him because he was a traitor. She was a traitor, and he can't, she can't let him live, so she had to fucking shoot him. I'm like, fuck me, that sucks. They said it in before the scene. It says that like everyone has to die. That's down there, pretty much. Yeah, if you don't, dude. If something goes down. You have to kill everyone. For real, and then, and then there was, and there was a scene where, and if you saw like. He shot, like, once Hugo Stiglitz shot that dude in the nuts, like, three times. And then <laughs> the guy shot Michael Fassbender and the girl. And then fucking Stiglitz, before he gets shot himself, he stabs the dude in the head three times with his knife. Yeah, Stiglitz, Stiglitz is, is a real gang. No fights left. Then when Aldo comes down, they show, like, an above scene, like, above shot of the entire bar and the dude still got a knife in the back of his fucking head because it stuck went through the fuck his fucking head into the table yeah. like i'm like what the i'm like nice bro this is a is a real ass gangster and i mean that like that dude <laughs> for real oh fuck but yeah dude now that whole fucking scene was nuts i just like but and, and it's funny it's like that scene was tense because you knew it was tense right from the jump because of what Aldo said in a fucking basement. Like, you know, you knew it was going to be a bad thing. Like, you knew the minute they showed that scene, like, no one's going to live in this. Like, I didn't know yeah, that. You're no waiting on everything. I was. I like, when I first, first saw the time. movie, I thought so too. I didn't know I thought, that no one was yes. ever going to live, but I was like, I didn't expect everyone to. Like, I wasn't. I knew shit was going to go down. I just didn't know how it was going to go down. I was wholeheartedly aware that I was watching a Tarantino film yeah. and everyone was about to be dead. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. No, no, but I remember watching the movie the first time back in 09 and I was like watching this scene about to unroll. I'm like, this is not going to be a good thing. No, no. Like, this is not going to end well for whoever's in this fucking room. So, you know also, too, we. Like, we, that fucking waitress, all of a sudden, just gets fucking like. Dude, she gets all shut up, too. <laughs> Like, I know, poor girl. Oh, like poor girl. She's just standing there, like ah, and then she just fucking gets railed. Yep. I'm like, fuck so, me, dude. Something we didn't mention, and and I, we're getting towards the end, so I want to just make sure we point this out too about the overlying uh, storyline. Um, what's really interesting 
about the, these storylines is that we have two main characters and side stories here. We have Aldo Rain, and then we have yeah. Soshana. Okay, yeah. and we're watching both of these stories intercut, which they're they're both Nazi haters. Just one's a little bit more crazy and violent than the other. Um, they're both Nazi haters, and their primary goal is to kill as many Nazis as they possibly can. And the funny thing about these two main characters is that they don't ever meet once throughout the whole movie. Nope. Mm, Watching yep. two yep. storylines right. that connect furiously. And mm-hmm. they don't ever they don't ever meet each other and they don't even know probably what they're both planning. You know? Well they don't they they don't even realize that there are two plans occurring. Yes, which yeah. is awesome writing. That's such yeah. a well like I, they both they both completed their plan. Like like Aldo Rain believes that the bomb went off and everyone died. Not that a fire started beforehand and that they were all getting shot up mm-hmm. or that there was an inserted clip into the film talking about who was who's actually going to kill him. And then she was dead before her clip tar- started, before the theater caught fire, before everyone was locked in and started running, before everyone started getting shot. They both completed their plan, have no idea that the other were even involved. They yeah. just know that both were done. And, and the funny Brilliant thing is, writing. what's really interesting too is, and in, in we were ta- I was talking about this before with the thing, Glorious Bastards not giving a shit. They don't. They weren't scared of death. They were running towards it willingly. If yeah. it meant, if it yep. meant killing these people. Yeah. And and the funny part about it is, um, Shoshana was doing the same thing. She planned on dying in that theater with all those people because. Yep. And 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 she did not the way she thought she was going. I think she got the better way out, <laughs> but but like she she was willing to die in that theater with all those people because. So here's because what because sorry sorry no sorry. because because it was for the greater good, which is why the Inglorious Bastards are doing what they're doing. That's why they don't fear death. It's for the greater good, you know. So here's one thing that did you guys notice. So the guy who was the um, her her fiance, I, I forgot his name. I forgot his name too. But her her dude, her main her yeah, main her dude. dude uh, I, I'll find it here. I have it here. Marcel, Marcel. So you saw him when he lit the uh, the nitrate film. So we're gonna go forward now to the last scene, which was the premiere. And of course, Quentin Tarantino. Every fucking movie has to have his Scorsese shot. You know, every movie he makes, he does his Scorsese one long take. It's just it's it's always the case. He always does it. He and he doesn't hide behind it. He I, I don't like it. that you're you're calling it a Scorsese shot. I don't like that. It's his Scorsese shot, dude. He well, talks about okay, it every time. Are, it's a he, long take. Yeah, he didn't. He did. Oh, oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? You know It's not. You, know, you, Eric, you yourself Eric, told us about the long take that was like from the twenties that you sent yeah. us, and that was incredible. Yes, I understand that. I understand he that. But, but he he always mentions his Scorsese shot as the kitchen scene from Goodfellas. Yeah. He always talks about and that, it. That's a great shot, but the funny thing is that there's so many other longer takes that are even I get better. It. I it. Shut the fuck up, Eric. Remember the one we were talking about the other day, the Puerto Rican one? Shut the fuck up, Eric. Don't, he, don't but, ask me to come on this, this podcast <laughs> as a filmmaker who studied this shit. You're going to call but a he calls it. He thing. calls it the Scorsese shot. Well, Quentin Tarantino, you can get your shit together. You're wrong. <laughs> but anyways, no, no. But he always does the long take. He always does it. 
And he always he always talks about how it, you know, like that's like, you know, the probably the best long take is the Goodfellas kitchen scene. That's the best long take I've ever seen for sure. Not me. What's the best long take you ever seen? Uh Boogie Nights, uh Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, fuck you. It's man. the best one, man. It's the Bro. best one I've ever seen. Dude, you it's amazing. I, okay, okay. Not... Boogie Nights is great, but Dude, the kitchen scene is as good as that one. Real from... quick, real quick, real quick. Here, here, guys. <laughs> look at it, look at it. <laughs> is there going to go hot listen, take here? Listen. <laughs> I'm not saying that Scorsese's long take in The Goodfellas is is bad, but it's amazing. It's it's like a it's like a landmark for cinema. Okay, but it's not the best one. Okay, there's it's, a lot it of is, it, it is all about that one character and us understanding the reality in which he lives and who that guy is. And it portrays. I, I love how this know. show has become three hours. What? I love it. Guess what? They that's exactly what he did in Boogie Nights, too. It is not the same. It, Boogie Nights does right, not give better. you that same level you're of clarity. Right, it's no, it's better. It's less. It, it is it's great. Better, I don't mean to say better, that it's a bad long time. I, I, Eric, I think, I think you're wrong, Eric. Eric, you're well, breaking up. You you're getting stupid real quick. Oh. I don't know what's happening. Eric, you're wrong. Guys, this is some bullshit. Okay. <laughs> Eric's getting the Derek treatment. Eric is getting the Derek treatment. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it now. I'm gonna find it now. Hold on, I gotta oh get God, it. Now. It was bound to happen someday. It's coming. Well, even, a, gets some. even a broken clock tells the right time twice. Oh my there God. We... <laughs> oh, there you go. There you hold go. on, hold on. Wait, it's too low. It's too low. <laughs> Listen. That's for anime and PTA Anderson. <laughs> I will tell you all day long that Boogie Nights one take is phenomenal. It's, it's great. A master it's class. Oh, that it was is, wrong. I didn't mean to It's know. a masterclass. It is among the best one takes ever done. Yes, I will say yes, it all day yes. long. 100%. But it's not better than the one from Good. <laughs> it's because you guys don't know shit. That's why. Oh, is that what it is? Is <laughs> that what it is? Shit. Look, look, look. Oh, look. It's up to you Hold being on. under the influence. Hold on. I am Hold on. Drunk. I am a little drunk. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you. Derek's getting feisty. You guys, you, getting you, guys, feisty. you guys don't know shit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on from this ignorance. But no, but no, no. So, so let's go to <laughs> let's go to Tarantino's Scorsese shot where he's in the lobby of the movie theater and he's just going around people and it's just all and you see Christoph Waltz on the second floor and it's just it's just a great scene. But yeah, but like but like you said, like they don't give a fuck what they do. They have the bomb strapped to their fucking leg. I can't believe that he didn't figure them out just by talking Italian. Oh, no. He, <laughs> He's he, like, Arriba oh, Dare, he did. Arriba Dare. <laughs> Gorlami. Gorlami. <laughs> like, like, of course he figured them out. He knew exactly who they were. I mean, I'm sure he knew exactly who they were. Because the it's thing was is that, like, sequence. it is a funny sequence where he's like, Gorlami. Gorlami. You're so funny, man. It was like, what's your name? Margariti. Margariti. <laughs> and then they both start gesturing. Like, and then, and then, <laughs> they just keep going like this. Yes, yes. And then, and then he goes, and he goes, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. And then he says it. And it's funny. I was watching it. And then the subtitles go softly. 
Gorlami. <laughs> like, like as if he couldn't hear you when you were screaming it. But yes, say it softly and he understands you. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. I mean, it was just, there's so much, dude, in this movie. But I, I forgot to say. He made so, it fun. He made it fun. That's what he did. And I wanted to say something. Like, I've noticed something with Tarantino movies. It's like, he uses spotlights a lot in a lot of his scenes for like like for some reason he's put spotlights in a lot of different areas is that on i don't understand what i don't know what you're talking about so, uh, you, you give me a, a focal point so like that's so like in in the basement scene <laughs> fuck you bro <laughs> you, you know what dude you know Derek, you know i let you be a part of the fucking conversation and then you fucking act like an asshole all voices matter sir you know what you know why don't you fucking sit up in your goddamn fucking chair bro i don't like how you're fucking just relaxing Max and I'm relaxing in this fucking. I can see that. Cool, he's, very comfortable. He's, I think Derek's drunk. Actually, you look very. I'm well, getting close to. You're like, very. Like, let me man, see your screwball. This man. Where's your screwball? This man looks like a. It, no, no, no. Where's the other bottle? What other bottle? That's it. I want you to drink more screwball right this now. This man oh, right now, one. just I want to. Oh, that's oh, all. Me. There was a lot more margarita in that bottle. This man looks like this man looks like this man. He's Eric, chilling right Eric now. Looks like anyone's sixty-five-year-old uncle that just, <laughs> just, went down, just sat down. He's like on his lazy boy after a massive like, Thanksgiving dinner. That's he's like what? Boy. He's like he's like what's your name, honey? It's it's Megan. Let's call you Tan Candy. You're what? Candy. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what just happened. There. But but that's what you look like, Derek. And yet I'm I still right about the long take. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, yes, I'm gonna he watch, is. We're going to watch yes. both of those long takes in, yes, in the is. same place one time. Derek, we're gonna we're gonna watch those long takes one day, okay? We're gonna be in the same room, and then after we watch, you, you know what? You know what? I can tell you exactly what's gonna happen. No, no, we're no, gonna no. watch those both long takes, and it's gonna be the same scene from uh, what, what's the movie? Uh, the the uh, unbearable weight of uh, tremendous talent or whatever, where they they watch Paddington two, and they both realize that it's a fucking brilliant <laughs> film. And you're telling me that I'm right, and that the freaking Scorsese long take and Goodfellas is the better long take. Okay, if that's what you think's gonna happen. What I think's gonna happen is I'm gonna look you both in the face. You're gonna both look at me, and you're gonna say you were right, and then I'm gonna punch both of you in the dick. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Why is it just for all? Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Why does it gotta be in the dick, bro? Because it hurts. That's why. Because <laughs> it hurts bad. Because he wants you to feel the pain. Oh God. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So now, so there was in the scene where they had the the fucking. Let's go back. Sorry. Oh my God. Yeah, we were talking about a movie at some point. <laughs> burning it down. They're burning everything they're, they're down. They're burning everything Holy. down. So so Marcel is violence. They were he's in the, he's shooting behind, him in face. He's behind this. That was great, by the way. I love that. But they have the scene where Marcel like burns the nitrate film. Did you notice, like when the everything just fucking just caught fire, that there was a figure that got jumped out from the back of the screen to the front and landed on the floor? Yes, I, yeah, I, I did see that, that but I didn't take note of it. It was a back. It was a real quick. Like little thing where something jumped from the back of the screen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And landed in front of the stage, in front of the first row. Yeah. That was Marcel, that was dude. Marcel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everything burned so much quicker with that fucking film that he just he knew he was gonna die. Like those two knew they were gonna die from the jump. Like they knew they oh, were yeah, gonna Marcel, survive. They the both night. knew they were out. You know, I mean, it was a suicide mission. Yeah, they both. Like, it was complete suicide. That. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean, I mean, it was nuts. And then he locked the fucking people, and they're fucking just blowing everybody up. And well, the two glorious bastards just... that were stuck in there caught wind what was going on because Homegirl straight up said it on the on the on the screen. Yeah, and they probably yeah. were like badass. <laughs> you know, let's like, roll. Yeah, let's go. And they just start taking their weapons. They kill Hitler. First of all, too, which is yeah, shoot him in the head like him. six times. They like they literally just rattle him, him, rattle him with <laughs> Swiss cheese. By the yeah, time they're done, and they show it the Swiss cheese, and then they uh, and then they start while people are trying to get to the door to get away from the flames. They're just spraying these Germans down, yeah, with everything they've got left while they're sitting in there about to burn alive. Badass characters. It is. It it was incredible. It was a great, great, great sequence, especially, um, you know, the way that they infiltrate Hitler's booth and their intent behind, um, like making the most out of the opportunity of where they're at and, and, and the, the damage that they can do to, to the Nazi army. Um, and, and, you know, you still have that sequence where, uh, uh, Frederick Zoller is trying to talk to uh, Shoshana and like he, he forces his way into the shooting room and she fakes it like she's going to sleep with him. And then she just fucking mm-hmm. shoots him and gets shot herself. Yeah. So she doesn't even know that her plan is about to go off without a hitch or that there's already another plan and movement that will also take care of the same thing. And you didn't need to die to do it. But that aside, you know, yeah, for sure. And that's what's that's what's really like that's what makes this film good. You know, just that what you just that whole sequence, you know, of events that happens. It makes yes. you think it Beautiful. makes you talk about it. You know, like, what she didn't even know that this happened, or maybe she knew it did happen. Who knows? But like that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, that, uh, way to close out the film. The, this is a this is guys. This is a good movie. Meanwhile, Aldo Rain has been detained. Yeah, he's been detained. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We forgot. It was like that. he got caught, and it was hilarious how he BJ got caught. Novak. And BJ Novak. Yeah, he's like Udovich. Is that you? He's like, yeah, it's me. And it's just like, dude. They still have zero fear. Do you? Do you, do oh, you yeah. Fear out of either one of them. Nope, they were both totally ready to go. They didn't the whole time. care, which is just which is funny because BJ Novak, he fucked. I don't know if he fucked up. I don't know if it was even intentional. But the sequence where they uh, free Hugo Stiglitz, you know, Aldo Rain is talking to him, and one of the Nazis that they had shot that was near death woke up, started trying to get up, and they shot him again. It was after it was mid sentence from Hugo, uh, from Aldo Rain. Uh, BJ Novak jumped like major when that gun got fired. Yeah, because he's <laughs> the only one who flinched like that bad. Was, maybe it was like that's the best take. We can't keep on burning film. <laughs> let's, let's just go with it. Uh, maybe I don't know, yeah. but he was the only one that showed an ounce of fear at any point in their entire of all of the Inglorious Bastards. Was that one sequence? And this se- series where they're, you know, being interrogated basically by by uh, uh, Christoph Waltz, um, man, 
Did, okay, so so hold on. So you know what's funny is that BJ Novak is a wildly underrated comedic actor. Wildly underrated. Yeah, he's was, far better than what he got out of the office. Yeah, so there's well, a he, scene. That, I want to well, see his movie. Was Vegas. The office, I want to see it. By the way, you guys realize I, that. Like he was the office. BJ Novak was is like the main writer, the head writer on the office. Are you serious? He was the no, producer. He didn't write, he didn't write he very was, good jokes for himself, I would say. Was, no, that was the purpose. He like he was a, he was basically the showrunner too. Like he made that shit happen. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a head writer. Oh wow, that's crazy. DJ Novak is very very funny. Yeah. So so I, I thought it was hilarious when Landa is talking to the American general, which by the way was voiced by Harvey Keitel, FYI. He was the voice of the American general. As as uh, Landa is giving all his little things, what he wants, all that shit, you see BJ Novak in the background, like all of a sudden, like they now they've released the handcuffs. And they're just hanging out. And Aldo's taking off his tie, like, what the fuck? And then BJ Nova's like, fuck this, and he's getting drunk in the background. Yeah, all he's yeah. doing is drinking yeah. wine. Yeah. Like he's just chugging wine. He's, yeah. he's like, what the fuck? Like, what the hell's going on here? And it's just it's so hilarious because we have like 250 people have died in the scene previous, but these two guys are just like, fuck, we have to listen to this guy, like fucking like just survive negotiate, now. Like, yes. And what he was doing, Christoph Waltz's character, he was negotiating yes. with the US an exit strategy. To stay alive. Because yes, he, exactly. he understood, because he's smart, that they were probably going to lose this war. So he was trying to figure out a way to get out, you know, clean. And save his ass. Yeah. So yeah. he save his ass from war crimes. Yep. So he asked. Uh, he asked. He he called and negotiated to asylum and to seek asylum. Yep. And they protect him, and he asked for all this glory. He's the reason why they found Hitler. Nantucket Island yep. House on Nantucket. And apparently, <laughs> apparently, they agreed to it. Yes. Yes. Apparently. And so, dude. I mean, so that's why Aldo and BJ Novak survived because they were supposed to. Uh, you know, take them from they, the, the whole, there was this whole setup that uh, they'll drive to a certain area and then Al- Aldo and the other guy will, uh, you know, uh, be, you know, get taken out of handcuffs and then they'll take them back to wherever they needed to go to, to get free. So that was yeah. the whole thing, but the inglorious bastards can't let Christoph Waltz just, Nope. Trounce the earth free without people uh, knowing that. he's a Nazi. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so they 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 pulled a curveball and carved a swastika into his forehead like we <laughs> done all oh, the damn day, dude. Yeah, it was so great. It was just a great and the way they ended it too, it was just the BJ Novak and it was this uh this uh up this uh you know uh, ground level upshot uh to their faces. And it's BJ Novak and Brad Pitt, and, and BJ Novak just, or or Brad Pitt says, "I think this might be my masterpiece." And BJ Novak goes, "Yeah, yeah, it is." Yeah. <laughs> End the movie. It's great. Dude, Perfect. Dude, Perfect. Yeah, ending. dude, it's great. It's a great intimacy. So, so, so let's let's talk about. There's, there's certain things that I thought was hilarious. So, Michael Fassbender, okay, who played Lieutenant Archie Hickox. FYI, he was born in Germany. So he's actually German, born to German and Irish parents, and he's raised in Ireland, okay? Okay. His first language is German. 
Gaelic is his second and English is his third. So just to give you an understanding that he can Listen give... Listen you European bastards. You he, guys he, need he, to he, stop speaking more right? languages than we right? do. Y'all but he can... Make it up serious about this shit. It just goes goes to show you how good of an actor he is. He's great. That he can portray a British officer trying to speak German with a false accent. Considering that German is his first language. (laughs) He's tried to pour his drink and he didn't take the cap off. He didn't take the cap. Oh my god! Saw that, bro. Okay, Derek. Derek. He didn't know. He didn't know he had to take the cap off with his fucking fucking huge ass mitts. I his mitts. He knew. I don't think he knew that we saw him, but I saw that whole chain of events, I, man. Yeah, it was great. We did. We great. did see him. <laughs> How you enjoying that margarita, fucker? He's drunk. He's drunk. I love Derek drunk. Can we carry on with this fucking movie? <laughs> I don't know. We've carried on for two hours and right, 49 let's minutes. Talk about ratings. So, yeah. yeah let's talk about ratings. Let's talk about ratings. Talk about ratings. Now that we've done it, this fucking flick, I'll, go, I'll start with great. mine. I'll start with mine. I'm going to give this fucking <clears throat> flick a fucking nine, dude. I don't give a shit. I fucking love this movie. I love all Tarantino flicks. This is one of my favorites. Nine. Across the board. Yeah. Done. Now this is a this is a front runner of his for me too. Not the front runner, but it's it's up in the conversation, you know, with Quentin yeah. Tarantino movies. So I'm gonna give this one a nine one. This one's gonna get a yeah. nine one. Yeah. Wait, this isn't fucking. Mm. This isn't fucking like goddamn uh, fucking Price is Right, bro. You can't be doing that shit to me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> one dollar. <laughs> All right. Derek, what you got? How well it's made, 4.5. How much I enjoyed it, 4.3. 8.8 total. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a good score. I think it should be a, a nine, but it's a good score. That's a good and score. And I only dock points because of the gratuitous score. Yeah, because you're, oh, you're a weenie. That's why you're a fucking weenie. <laughs> I'm a meanie? Okay. No, a weenie. What's a your weenie. top shelf? A weener, a weenie. All right, I'll give my top shelf, guys. Go ahead. My top shelf is, is a lot. As always, it's a true oh, crime God. documentary. Oh God, no! It's the I'm girl. Probably... It's it's the girl in the picture from Netflix. Oh, it's great, dude! Have you seen it? Of course, I watched that. Shit. Oh my God! I saw it the other day. I was like, great? Truly, like I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I got mean, like there was. It was funny because that that documentary like gave you what you always experience with a documentary. It gave you that piece. And then all of a sudden it's like, but here's this. Yeah. And then here's this. And you're just like, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. Oh, that really sucks. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Fuck me, dude. Out of control, bro. Out of control. Girl in the picture. Amazing. Good stuff. Amazing. Eric, what anime have you brought? All right. So, uh, Farzar. You guys need to check it out. I've watched some of it. It's it's, it's good. pretty good. Um, pretty good. Are, are you are you familiar with uh, Rick and Morty? Are you familiar with Futurama? Um, how about like Disenchanted? Right, these are all similar concept shows, just adult comedic animated fun. Farzar is based in space, and there's this guy who just fucks an 80 year old queen and becomes king and they just murdered the 
the fucking aliens that are monsters. They're all just funny. It, it's a great show. Check it out. It's on Netflix. What is this? Farzard? That's on Farzard? Farzard. Yeah, like David Keith plays is like the voice of like the, the main guy. Who, like the son, just, the like, prince, who's just like a lame no, no, loser. No, the prince is played by someone else, but his stepdad is like this guy, and he's just like he. he it almost reminds you of Terry Crews' character from Idiocracy. It's that hilarious. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, nice. it's, played, it's it's voiced by David Keith, which is great. Okay. I love David yeah. Keith's voice. David Keith is great. So if you want, if you want stupid humor, if you want something that's. Uh, Closer to Rick and Morty, but not quite Rick and Morty. This is it. But it goes even farther because there's a they, they show penises. And shit. Like, it's, like, it's insane. It's true. Like, it's insane. And now it's I gotta insane. watch. And vaginas. There's actually a recurring vagina in that episode. It's in that insane, show. dude. It's it. insane. I, I gotta get it's on it. It's so wild. Like there's a scene where he like tells he like shoves the queen in a closet and he tells her to go to Costco. It's like. She's like, I can't find the hot dogs. Like, it's just weird, dude. Oh, She's it's so strange. Out. Yeah. Check out the show. Check out the show. It's, far as our, the show. it's funny. It's very casual. It's funny, it's yeah. Fun, yeah. stupid humor. Cool. Yeah, dude. It's it is. All right. Eric, what you got? So dude? mine is a documentary series that is on HBO right now, and it's called The Anarchists. And um, it's what really is that about? I saw that. What is that about? It's about like modern day anarchists. And they have like anarchist conventions, and there's a huge one in 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 Acapulco, uh, Mexico. Are you and serious? they call it Anarchapoco. And it's about oh this group of anarchists, and they're so interesting. But there's like crazy drama because someone like there was death involved. Bitcoin and 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 cryptocurrency became a big thing for anarchists. It's so interesting. So if you want to watch a crazy story about some anarchists out there. The Anarchists. The called The Anarchists. I saw that on HBO Max. <clears> I was like, what is this? I thought it was just like a weird movie, but I didn't I, I didn't go deep into it. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch yeah. this. Like, I don't want to sit down and watch it's, it. It's good. It's good. It's I, I'm always about it, but I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to sit and watch this. But if it's worth it, no, it's check good. it out. It's not what you think it is. It's way it's way different than what you think it is, because it's way different than what I thought. Tomas, what was your pick again? My pick was uh, the girl in the picture. The girl in the picture. on Netflix on Netflix. That one's wild, dude. Yeah, and dude. FYI, and this is not my top shelf. This is not even an honorable mention. But me and Michelle have been watching fucking How to Build a Sex Room. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I've I've heard is a lot this of a good Netflix show. Yeah, I've heard yes. a lot of good things. It's so fucking hilarious <laughs> what you see, but it's it's cool because it's like you see like how people's like do their own like thing, how they have their own kink. And it's just, it's wild to see the, the differences in people and, and their lifestyles. It's, it's a cool show. It's not a Netflix, not, not my, I don't know, mentions it. It's just in the top of my head. I'm like, wow, this fucking show's wild, dude. Like, it's just crazy. Okay. It's oh, crazy. All right. I'm well, down for it. I'll check it out. Well, let me yeah. give you the pick. Cause I'm good. Falling asleep, fellas. <laughs> this has been What's a long episode. I knew it was going to be a long episode. It's Tarantino. It's always a long episode. But go ahead. Uh, so I'm going to give you guys a choice. Okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. name two films, and and you, if you both have a different answer, then I'm going to pick the one that I want. Okay, but I'm going <laughs> to let you do it from the beginning. What did you say? Why don't you just do that from the beginning? No, just pick the one you want. No, because I want you to pick one of these two. 
Oh, you have a choice. Is... We're gonna watch one. Of, both of them are David Fincher films, which I don't think we've watched. Oh already. shit! So you can choose between the girl with the dragon tattoo, uh huh, or Gone Girl. Which one would you like oh, to watch? Oh, well, you know, I've never. I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. I've never seen Girl Dragon Two, but I've seen the original. No, uh, this is the Fincher version, of course. I know, I know, and I've seen some of the Fincher version, and I'm just like, you know what? And it's just a remake. I get it's his version, but I myself would. I've never seen Gone Girl. Mm, okay. I've never seen Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. I haven't I've seen either of these films. Okay. If it was me, Which one would I would you say want to let's do Gone Girl. Derek? I haven't seen either of them. Which one would you want to watch out of the he, two? He's not going to answer because it's uncomfortable for him either way. <laughs> I mean, both of them I'd have a deep desire not to watch. <laughs> They're not horror films, buddy. And if I were to watch one, I would want to dive head in first and go to the one that has a series. And I think that's the girl, girl with the dragon tattoo. tattoo uh, as a series, right? So Tomas, no. I hear you not wanting to watch it, but um, the girl, the Fincher version is better. I've seen all three of the other ones and the Fincher version is way easy, way more easy to digest. And it's fucked up. I, I've already <laughs> seen it. It's, but it's better. That's the thing. I, I had already seen it too before I watched it, but it's better version. I'm always about Stellan Skarsgård, but yeah, you know, it's and I just can't. It's okay. I just, I just, it's for me. I just, I just can't deal with fucking Daniel Craig and his fake Norwegian it's, accent. It's okay. Well, it's a split decision, and luckily for you, Gone Girl was the one that I wanted to watch. Yes, thank God. I've never seen it. I've always wanted to watch it. Oh, and I know Michelle wants to watch so it too. Fucking good. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to check it out. Gone I Girl. Watch it. I don't know where you can watch it, but probably anywhere because I didn't look at it. <laughs> Looking up. No. Do I need to do this for you? Yeah, if you don't mind. It, uh, doesn't uh, who's in Gun Girl? Is it um, Rosalind Fox and Affleck and Ben, and ben, and ben Affleck and Ben Affleck, dude? And uh, oh god, who, who plays his sister? I forget her name. The girl who plays his sister is famous too. Ben Affleck. Uh, ben Affleck's sister. Um, it says that you can rent it on Apple TV. You can stream it on. Direct TV. TV and oh, and you can rent it from Amazon and Google Play and Vudu and everything else. I mean, all of them have them for rent, but Direct TV apparently it's included. So that's Gone Girl. All right, 2014. So, yeah, dude. All right, so basically, you know, as always, we do the quotes at the end of the, of the episode, and we've already brought this quote up, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyways. It's when Aldo Rain in Chapter Two. Talking to, to Hershberg and says, "You probably heard we ain't we. You already heard we ain't in the prisoner taking business. We're in the killing Nazi business. And cousin, business is a booming. I love it. <laughs> All right, folks. Peace.